Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottles, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And this, my friends, is a throwdown Thursday. And Lord knows after that Super Bowl, we have a lot of stuff to throw down on, man. That was an exciting, compelling game. Now, if you love defensive like lockdowns, you didn't get that. What you did get was a lot of drama and perhaps a little bit of confusion about the interpretation of the catch rule. And some salty fans. Uh, let me tell you, there's some salty New Englanders out there, man. Great day. Uh, almost as salty as this lone chip I pulled out of the... You know, you hate it when you got this bag of chips, right? And they're, and they're good. And you get that one chip that has, like, all the extra salt on it. Yeah, like that one. And you're like, oh, and it just takes you aback, man. I got that one. That was like the the New England Patriots. What do you mean, Belichick, bench that guy? <laughs> it was that chip. It was that chip. That's okay, man. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Kudos to the Eagles. Guts, guts, heart, aggressiveness. Got some things that bounce their way, and God bless, man, did they earn that one. And uh, I, at the end of the day, man, I like what they said on PTI. I think it was Kornheiser, and he said, you know, I don't think either team lost that game. I think the Eagles just won it. And uh, that really is how I feel about it. To be fair, yes, you can criticize certain things in games, certain coaching decisions, you can. But that took one hell of an effort. Think about what it took for the Eagles to win that game. That was an incredible job by that coaching staff, by those players. Uh, whether you want to nitpick some stuff, argue about some things, that that's fine. You can, but you know, we talked about it the other week, and it's like to, to beat them, you know, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And that's what they did. And that that took just a, a massively impressive performance to be able to to do that. Because I, I don't know about y'all, but when the Patriots got that ball back late in that game, I was like, nope, they're rolling down the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I think most people watching that, perhaps with some shades of memories from last year, uh, that was just in your mind. It was, it was in your head. And kudos to the Eagles for not uh, choking that moment uh, and not getting in their head. And we talked about it, the mystique of the Patriots. Not, you know, if you're going to lose, lose to the team. Don't lose to the mystique. You know what I mean? And uh, just, just to me, an incredible Super Bowl. Really an incredible one. I'm not going to say it's the greatest one I ever saw. I'm not going that far. But it, it, that was an incredible game. And if you stepped away for a couple of minutes, you missed some action. And uh, you can't always say that, but you can definitely say that about, about Super Bowl 52. Anyway, speaking of action, uh, I'd like to announce the newest Cleveland Cavaliers trade, and that is for the one and only D-Stat. <laughs> bet, you, <laughs> bet you didn't know you were going to be a Cav, did you, buddy? I didn't. It shocked me. It was awesome. <laughs> well, they had Delhi, but now they can have Belly. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got one too, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to get you in the, they, dude, they're going to get you in the low post. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. You ready to hit your cue, bro? Yes, sir. All right. Three brew and fun, son. Woo! 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 Mm-mm-mm. Now, I know, I know. Mark, you, you did take the Eagles. In the Pick'em League. I think you're one of the few. However, you put zero on them. So I would like to applaud your <laughs> vote of your vote of almost confidence. I laughed. I'm like, how is it he took, how is it he took the Eagles and he has zero on him, man? Come on. I chuckled. I thought that Tell was me bad. you got the sound by Justin. Zero point zero. How <laughs> did you F that up? <laughs> Oh, I gotta admit, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I laughed on that one. I laughed on that one, oh, but uh, Mark. 
Yeah. Uh, I was competing against my brother only at the end, pretty much, since I, you know, I didn't have my best season, and uh, he had already beaten me. I didn't have a chance to come back on him, so I think I must have set that a couple weeks ago and forgot about it. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay, man. It's <laughs> it's no big deal. No big deal. It's like the Cleveland Browns making the trade but not sending in the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you trying to were you trying to fax your points to Yahoo? Is that what happened? <laughs> Oops. Oops. That's okay. Oh, McGuffin. Let's get you in here, man. Actually, you know what? Actually, I was going to give you this song, but I think I have something way more appropriate. Uh, given this whole week with uh, Josh McDaniels and the Indianapolis Colts. And quite frankly, for those who didn't know it, apparently, there's a Spice Girls reunion. So you know what? What better way to go with McGuffin than say you'll be there? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there you go. Josh McDaniels, say you'll be there. Then again, nopes. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. What a week for you. What a week. Dude, it's it, it's it's been a week, man. I, I tell you, man. It, um, I was not very familiar with uh, Edwin Jackson. Uh, rest in peace, sir. Yeah, rest um, in peace. Uh, didn't Ursay fly everybody to his funeral, or did he pay for the funeral or something? Ursa uh, paid for both funerals. He, yeah. There was another person in the car with him at yeah. the time. So. That's a that's a that's a nice gesture. It's obviously a very un- unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate. But uh, rest in peace to those two guys. Um, so that was weird uh, hearing about that. Um, and, but then. I'm excited, you know, as a fan, like I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what McDaniels can do with Luck and Hilton and those guys. And then, dude, all of a sudden, like, I'm leaving swim team practice, and I, I just happen to look at Twitter, and they're like, Josh McDaniels changes his mind. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, of course, like, I'm listening to sports radio on the way home, and ESPN radio's breaking it down, and, and I'm just like, Wow. I do have to give props to Bob Kraft. Mm-hmm. I wish him his dupe. Um, because you lose the Super Bowl, teams in turmoil. How do we get the fan base, fan base united? Troll the Colts. Let's <laughs> fuck the Colts over. <laughs> or, as, as uh, Colts GM Chris Ballard would say. Thank you all. The rivalry is back on. <laughs> I'd say so, sir. I'd say so. <laughs> the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is mm-hmm. Kraft did what he had to do to get his fan base back. Ballard said what he had to say to get his fan base back. Right. So they did. They, they did what they had to do, and honestly, for New England, get keeping McDaniel's was a huge deal. And I don't blame him, man. I'd rather work for Kraft than Ursay because there's stability there. And uh, you still get another year with TB12, uh, another year with BB, and, you know, barring the Rooney Rule stuff, he'll probably be head coach there in a few years. So, and his kids get to stay there, stay in school. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, there were a lot of things that went into that. It's just it's just unfortunate it played out that way. And I, I, the people I feel sorry for the most were the assistants that yeah. had signed on thinking yeah. he was going to be the head coach. That's that's really who I kind of feel bad for were those guys because, you know, they were expecting McDaniels to be there, and I'm sure they were excited. But, 
you know, it, it is what it is at this point. So, you know, they're moving on. Everybody's moved on. So, well, they have to. I mean, you know, they got a team to run. They got a team to build. So they they need to figure out what's next in Indy. Uh, and you know, we gave you a long list of coaching suggestions. Look, Ben McAdoo is available. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, all kinds of win. You know, Jim Zorn. I hear that you know that dude. He can help Andrew Luck slide, right? I mean, you got you got Rich Kotite's probably still out there somewhere. I think I, I love that. Somebody put a picture of Rich Kotite in the sports. I think that was Matt. I don't know. That was. Funny, cause that dude, that dude sucked. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Jets fans, that was that was a glorious era, huh? Free no gif I could find, man. I was just like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got uh, it, Shannon. Barry Switzer. Yeah, Barry Switzer is out there. You know, <laughs> he'll go to the airport with his handgun. It'll be fantastically fun. You know, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, and, and we won't spend a ton of time on it, I, I mean, I think it's obviously contextually relevant, and it kind of rolls in together with really the Patriots as an organization dealing with the the loss. And right. then, you know, lo- obviously, losing Patricia. Uh, I'd like to think, looking at Mark in, in the webcam, that whatever Patricia cut off of his beard suddenly seemed to morph and attach itself to D-Stad's beard. Your beard looks extra huge today. <laughs> Are you doing like a beard competition, man? Because I, I don't know. You got. I'm, I'm not. No, I don't even have a web. I don't have a webcam on. <laughs> well, I saw your. I saw your mug earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. All right. Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um. And, and you know what? In true honor, you know, m- maybe McDaniel's went there and looked up and he saw AFC finalist banners and he's just like, I can't do this, man. <laughs> I can't, can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, but I well, thought I think, just, I, think, I, 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 I think it just shows the the, uh, the patri- Patriots uh, Patriot class. That's uh, that's how they roll. Well, you're not going to give them any any benefit of the doubt breaks or anything, and that's fine. I mean, you don't have to. I I don't know how fair that is, but it's a ba- it's a bad spot, and he has to own it, and it will follow him for a while. And you know whatever the absolute truth is of the matter for why they did that. You know, I, I certainly heard people say, well, you know, Belichick's going to kind of open up the knowledge vault to him. And, you know, and Lindy was talking about, you know, one of the theories they've heard is that Brady said if there's no McDaniels, there's no Brady for 2018. I mean, God bless. If he said that, I would expect McDaniels to be there. You know, you, yeah, I, there, there's obviously a ton of speculation. And um, have all of you watched the two Bills yet? Yes. Which I, I thought was tremendous. I thought it was so good. I thought it was so well good. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very interesting. But, you know, keep in mind, one of the huge pieces of that, uh, despite whatever falling out people may have perceived, one of the things that was very real about that relationship was, you know, Parcells opening up and really giving and training and mentoring Belichick. And that that had to do with roster building and, and all these, you know, the, all this other stuff that went into being a head coach. And Parcells could be a salt, salty old guy himself. Uh, I think a little bit funnier at times than Belichick, but uh, that's not super important. Obviously, two very, very successful coaches. But I think one of the things that's very real and one of the criticisms that's out there for Belichick is all these assistants that have gone on and just haven't done a lot. We'll see what Patricia does with Detroit, obviously. At least he has a quarterback. We'll see if he can tighten that defense up and, and how his how he team builds and what his approach helps bring out of the Lions because that's an organization that historically, I would argue, underperforms. Um, and doesn't play up to what their talent is. Even when, 
you know, that division hasn't been particularly strong, and the Bears have struggled for years. The Packers are, when Rodgers is healthy, they're competitive, they're good. But, you know, the Lions have had plenty of time, plenty of windows of opportunity and have consistently not delivered on that. You know, it's not even a matter of getting to the Super Bowl, but not even getting into the playoffs. And playoffs. for you know, playoffs, what they're paying Stafford and some of the some of the talent that they have, I think it's a fair criticism to say they they're underwhelming. They're they underachieve. So uh, yeah, I like the hire. We'll see where it, we'll see what happens with that. But it's a fair criticism of Belichick that his assistants historically haven't fared particularly well. So if if that open the knowledge vault and impart this knowledge and help train them, yeah, he's got his kids. What's he? McDonald's has four kids, right? Uh, yes. So you get, you got the kid, the family factor, the organizational fit factor, and you know maybe that Tom Brady theory that Lindy Stuckin you know tweeted to us. Maybe that maybe there's some merit to that. There's a lot of layers to it. You know, it's bad timing. It's a bad look. Uh, I mean, Tony Dungy was pissed. I don't think it's very frequent that you get you know Tony Dungy putting anybody on blast, but he certainly put McDaniel's on blast. He said, uh, "Quote: You make those decisions before you say I do." Don't get married, start a family, then say I changed my mind. He didn't sign the contract, but he said I do. That is common decency and, and integrity. You don't do that to the families of your peers. It has nothing to do with Bob Kraft. This is all on Josh McDaniels. He's a grown man and has to take responsibility for his decisions. I can tell you in the football coaching community, it's not even close to being acceptable. No. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a strong statement from somebody, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's the thing why I was like, I, I feel bad for the assistants. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, I don't feel bad for Ursay. I don't feel bad for Ballard. I don't feel bad for the Colts fans. Yeah. I, I just feel bad for the assistants who had said, okay, you know, let's roll. Let's do this. And yeah. it leaves them high and dry. It's, it's you know, uh, for lack of a better term, it's, it's a shitty thing to do. It is. And, it is. It's and, tough. And, and by the way, McDaniels. You're not catching Philip Rivers and kids, so go get the <laughs> no. snap, bro. Or Antonio Rogers Cromartie. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that guy. Uh, no one's catching him. No. <laughs> or that or that 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 crazy family on that show that has like thirty or twenty or thirty kids. Fifty nine kids and counting. Whatever that shit is. <laughs> um I, you know, so again, there's layers to it. And, uh, you know, there were rumors, there was speculation leading up to the Super Bowl that, you know, maybe Belichick and Brady would both retire. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, maybe it was specu- pure speculation or theory, but there was a lot of kind of stuff behind the scenes bubbling out with, with the Patriots this year, which is, quite frankly, for them, a smidge different. It um, is very and, different. And maybe on some level, there was this idea that they could have a walk off together. And maybe, maybe there's some merit to that. Um, certainly that loss and and one of the challenges for the Eagles, for example, and for a lot of teams that win one is getting back and staying hungry and keeping your roster together. And that's when you talk about opening the knowledge vault and dealing with all that stuff, situational football and roster building and all these things. Part of it is how do you keep a team motivated? How do you keep a team hungry? It's one thing to say you're going to do it. It's another thing to actually do it. And you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, what do you think Brett Favre was talking to the Eagles about? You know, that that's one of the best quarterbacks of our era. Got the two. One, one, lost one. You know, yeah. there's a lot of teams that just, you know, they didn't, they looked, I mean, my God, look how dominant the Seahawks looked like they were going to be. And then, boom. And then, it poof, gone. It, it's gone. Age, injuries, lots of things catch you really quickly. Um, we've, we've talked about the 49ers before. 
kind of that that Harbaugh era, and that team went off a cliff really quickly. Now we'll see, obviously, going forward with Garoppolo what they do with the roster. But you know, part of imparting that knowledge, if that was really part of the sell, it's Brady. You know, and and you know, I've read. I think Peter King and and uh, Monday Morning Quarterback had a thing where he said he hasn't been promised the job, but as somebody and he's young enough and Belichick is old enough, if he can soak up a lot of that vault knowledge, you know, that stuff, or as Mark would say, if he can learn how to Bella cheat, perhaps, um, you know, that's going to bode well for him going forward, or at least it should. And if you if if you really get that amount of knowledge and mentorship and all that from him, and you still can't cut it, that's on you. Yeah, that's on you. And, you know, I, I guess to be fair, organizationally, they're in very different places. The Colts and the Pats, they just they just are. Now, the Pats are near the end of the Brady, at least the Brady era. We'll see how long Belichick coaches, but they're on their window is very, very small. Two years, one year. I don't know what it is. A lot of it depends on when Brady falls off the map and it's going to happen. It's just a, it's just the question of when he hasn't fallen off the map yet. Hasn't happened, but. You know, maybe he looks. Maybe he gets through half the next season, and then poof, you know, the game's gone. I mean, I, you know, you just don't know. Um, it just depends. Yeah. yeah, like you say, man. It just depends on Brady. Yeah, I mean, but the end for older for older players, man. The end usually rears its head really, really. It's like one bad injury, a couple of bad hits, you know, and then it just starts to go downhill. Yeah, the Tom versus Tom thing is great, but it's also Tom versus everybody trying to beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's yeah. a real thing. I mean, injuries at the end of the day, that's what that's what shut Favre down. It's not that he couldn't play, it's that he got absolutely hammered. His body just couldn't de- you know. And that was that was like the all time Iron Man. But I still remember that post Saints um NFC championship, the pitches of his leg being essentially black, you know, because it was so bruised and so uh, I mean it was horrible. You know, and at some point it's just not it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um oh, random fun factoid for you, Shannon. Sure. Doug Peterson started 17 games in his career. Okay. Do you know uh, what his last win was? Over Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Over Somebody paid attention. Over Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I thought that was so random. That is very random. I thought that was so random. As far as the McDaniels and, and the, the Colts and, and the Patriots, it, it, it's a terribly bad look, uh, at least in the short term. And um, I, I think there's going to be some cost to that. I would imagine it's, it's going to be – Certainly more costly to the Colts this year. They're going to really have to get their head coaching hire right. Uh, but there's a high risk that you know, the staff, and it's just dysfunctional. There's a high risk of that. But I think what's important, uh, and Ballard said this, is, you know, because McDaniel tried to explain it, and Ballard said, that, you know, look, I didn't, I didn't want the explanation. Either you're in or you're out. That's his prerogative. That's his choice. He chose not to be an Indianapolis Colt. And that's true. And quite frankly, if he wasn't 100% committed, it's better that he's not there anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it really that, is. And, that, and that's, that's where like I'm not salty about it because like if he wasn't going to be 100% in, mm-hmm. just just look, just stay where you are. It's cool. I mean, do yeah. what you got to do. It, it, look, we've already got the other coaches hired, which is not going to be great for our head coach, but it also takes a little off his plate saying, hey, we've already got people in place. Yeah. So... Yeah, and we'll see how it go. plays out. But it, you know, and, and somebody raised the point, and I thought this was very this was very real. The Colts, for a, a while, have been the best team in a bad division. Well, right now they they're about the worst team in a a division that's got a lot of teams on the way up. Tennessee uh, is yeah. solid, 
Tennessee is solid. And I saw some speculation that Vrabel would have been in the mix for Indy had it not been for McDaniels. Yeah, um, like Vrabel, uh, it's a guy Chicago hired. And like mm-hmm. three of the head, co- three of the coaches they looked at already got hired as head coaches. Yeah. So, so you got that. I mean, Houston, obviously, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time. At, <laughs> if Deshaun Watson's the real deal, and God bless, he looked like it. He is. If he's healthy and on field, their trajectory is up. Tennessee, yep. Tennessee is at least <clears throat> solid. Their trajectory should be, you know, I mean, they're a playoff team this year, so they should Nine, be good. Seven, ten, and six. Yeah. area. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and the Jaguars. Yeah, they're in the five, twelve, and four range. Right. So, I mean that that's a tough that's a tough division. So, you know, I, I'm not saying he he ran away from a from a challenge, but and then there's the questions about luck, and that hasn't been answered yet. No. You know, we don't we don't really know what the deal is with Luck. So a major selling point was not really there, and we make fun of the Ursay thing and you know the erratic, the drink, the drink and that kind of stuff. And that's fine, that's fair. But you know, again, it's a big shift. So I don't fault him for staying with New England. It just would have been nice had you know if you weren't <laughs> if that's where you were. Um, it's just a shame to have the you know other people commit and uproot their lives and, and move and blah 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 and then here you are and so there's merit in what Tony Dungy said but you know if if somebody really doesn't want to be there you're better off not having them exactly you, you really are you really are you know we haven't gotten Randy in yet sorry Randy and, and we're speaking to people that really want to be there and apparently Jimmy Garoppolo really wants to be in San Francisco. <laughs> Works for me, man. You know, really wants to be in San Francisco because God bless. That's a serious. That dude's gonna get some coin, man. Bro, drinks on Jimmy G. Beer, liquor, does whatever is your pleasure, man. Dude, he's he's buying. Five years, a hundred and thirty-seven and a half million, buddy. Woo! Yep. On average, twenty-seven and a half million per year, which is now the highest in the league. For now. <laughs> For now. Until someone – well, I mean, the thing is, is uh, Breeze will be a free agent, and he's actually in the top five in terms of – so I'm pretty sure Breeze will get a nice big fat contract. Yeah, or, well, I mean, Bree, Breeze could maximize his earnings. He's already done that, though, and I would think that it, he knows he has a finite – I mean, he's at the back end of his career. And, you know, I think smart smart move for Breeze is, is to kind of do what Brady does and, you know, leave, leave a little bit more for other people. You know, I, I don't know how how long Breeze is going to play, but again, injuries when you get older, that you know, you can fall off the map really quickly. So I'm fully confident Breeze is staying in New Orleans. So it's just, does he want to maximize his money, or does he want to take high um, high I, compensation but not cripple the team? I'm sure he's got plenty of money. The one that actually wins out of this really is Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. It's going to help. It's going to help KC a lot. But yep. I can't imagine. I mean, if if the bar is Jimmy G. I certainly don't think anybody's going to pay Cousins more than Garoppolo. I mean, I, I I know Garoppolo's a limited body of well, <laughs> yeah. I know Garoppolo's a relatively limited body of work, but, you know, you have the time in New England. He, he flashed it in New England, and then he clearly – I mean, San Francisco was a totally different team with that guy under center. Totally different team. Just brought that mentality from New England that he expects mm-hmm. to win. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, they made the right decision. It's a lot. It's a big commitment. It's a lot of money. But to me, it's the right decision. And um, notice the extension he got is is lines up perfectly with the the contracts that Lynch and Shanahan have. So basically, yeah. they they all all three of them have five years now. Yeah. To turn to pretty much do what they're going to do. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, he's going to make some money. He's going to make some money. I, I don't know that I believe he's going to push the market to you know thirty million, which is maybe where this thing's going to go. Breeze is definitely one to keep an eye on. Cousins, I'll somebody's going to overpay for him. I just don't know by how much. Uh, then you you know you get M- Matt Ryan, and then you get into trying to value you know the valuation for someone like Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, AJ McCarron, Teddy Bridgewater. You know Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to make some money. You know, and then you got to figure out what's going to happen with Nick Foles, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, Mariota. You know, and then obviously down the road, Wentz and Goff and Prescott. And I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of contracts, you know, from a quarterback standpoint. There's a lot of money coming up. A lot of contracts oh, coming yeah. up. Um, Rodgers, I'd say, Rodgers might, he might, I would imagine he'd be on the upper end of that. Whether they make him the highest paid, we'll see. But there's some big money that's going to be flowing. And probably the, the, the contract, yeah, in the short term, that is probably going to be the most eye popping is going to be Cousins. And we'll just see what, what that ends up being. Well, and I wish him well, and I hope the Redskins don't don't do anything stupid with trying to tag him and trade him. Just let that guy walk, man. It's done. You moved on. Just just move on. Don't be petty. Don't be don't be a holes. You know, you made your choice. He clearly didn't particularly want to be there anyway. Just move on, man. Just so move Justin, on. yeah. Are you trying to say they should just let him go? Yes, without a doubt. And I don't have that song queued up, and I apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> <laughs> that I that I don't, but you know what? I can fix that for you really quickly, Shannon. Okay. Really quickly. You know what? Here you go. Yep. There it is. Thanks, sir. And I'm sure Cheers. that I, look, man. Don't worry, Kirk Cousins. Whatever happened to him in D.C., he's gonna make enough money. He can shake it all off, baby. <laughs> <coughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go all ESPN hot take right now. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will make more per year than Jimmy G. Oh my God! Damn, that, that'd be crazy. Well, it, I think he will go to Cleveland. Has a hundred million, so mm-hmm. I think you can look for Kirk Cousins five for a hundred and forty to a hundred fifty. My God, that would be a scary amount of money to pay. I like that guy, 20, but. 28 to 30 a year. Man, I don't know about that, is, bro. Is that enough money to, to go to the factory of sadness? That's the real question here. Well, if they'll uh, pay uh, it. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, at that point, they're, but, pr- you know, they're printing money. Here, here's the thing. Like, Jimmy G's <laughs> only had seven starts total. Yes, he looks great, but I seven know. starts. Small body of work. And so it, Cousins, Cousins is thrown for 4,000 yards a couple years in a row. Yeah. I know, I hear you, but hadn't hadn't delivered in the biggest moments. Had a couple of brain farts. I I don't know, man. I like them, but I don't. I mean, do you raise the market for somebody that's a ten twelve ish kind of guy? That's a that's a bold thing to do. It's a bold thing to do. But uh, you know, there's only so many quality guys that are available in this man. You're going to have to do what it takes. Yeah, yeah no, that, okay, fair point. Fair point. That that's true as well. Um if however, I did I did like this. And and Mark, I when I saw this, I actually thought of you. And I thought it was great cuz I know you like you like bling things, you know what I mean? We always like that fun. You got a big old watch and oh, of course. You got like necklaces and all kinds of rando fun stuff. And I, I, I so this made me laugh and it made me think of you. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe in your head you'd be like, "Oh, this would be perfect for uh, Josh McDaniels and the and the Patriots this year." Uh, but anyway, McDonald's is giving away an 18 karat gold Big Mac ring, which they're calling the Bling Mac. 
18 wow. karat gold. What the hell? Yeah, an eight, 18 karat gold gem encrusted ring version of its classic Big Mac sandwich. So, for a chance to win, you want to tweet out to McDonald's their love of the Big Mac and use the hashtag, <laughs> hashtag bling, bling Mac contest. Mark, I want you to enter that. Your mission. I'll, if, I'll think about it. All right. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to go ahead and hashtag Bling Mac contest. And, uh, if for for the things that you would do for a, a you know a Klondike bar, Ert, a Bling Mac, you could totally say you'll get tased. Just show the video; it'll work. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Bling Mac. Oh my God. Well, I guess that's better than Tide Pods. <laughs> I guess. I guess. So, anywho, well, we danced around a whole bunch of other topics first. I didn't quite anticipate that, but uh, <laughs> good job, Jimmy G. Good job, Jimmy G. Enjoy Take me it. Over. Didn't anticipate it. You what? I said, really? You didn't anticipate it? No. But that's... <laughs> oh, and one last thing for Shannon. You know, yeah. let let McDaniel's do what he's going to do. All I can say is Jim Harbaugh line one. Yeah, that would be my first call too. If don't know if it's happening, but if it, that would be one of my first calls. Oh, the federal government shuts down. There you go. There's my news alert. Wait, they were actually working. Yeah. Hey, look, man! Yeah, look. Always take the over. The government, the federal government, shut down before we did. Always take, <laughs> always <laughs> take the over with the sports happen? brew. Always take the over. By the way, I, you know, I think before we really get into the game, I, I'd like to ask <laughs> for Super Bowl Fifty Two what some of your favorite things are because there's so much from like the memes and you know the fires and some of the craziness that happened in Philadelphia. We got the dog mass. I mean, there were some great post game interviews. Uh, there were outfits. I mean, there's just so much stuff, um, and I, I think it's I think it's kind of fun as a lead into it. Some of your favorite things, or maybe something that you hated, it's is fine too. Kind of a, a a best a best and worst, or you know, for the Patriots, where I think the Pornhub traffic spiked quite a bit at the end. So I'm, maybe for them, it was the breast and worst. Um, but whatever you guys want to do, I, the I think breast that, and bratwurst. Yeah, the breast and bratwurst, perhaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and I'll tell you one of my favorite things. One of my absolute favorite things that I saw, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. All right, a Steelers fan sent James Harrison a participation trophy for the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 I did not see that. Yeah. That's awesome. He had this guy had this thing delivered to Harrison's residence. It was reportedly five feet tall and said, "At least you tried." Engraved over his name on the base. Oh my god, that's awesome! And I was like, "Wow, that <laughs> that you know what I mean? Like that's it funny." For those that don't remember, James Harrison is not fond of participation no, trophies. No, he he is not. <laughs> he is not. Uh, dude, I about died when I saw that one. I thought that was I thought that was <laughs> glorious, dude. I thought that was, that's one of my favorite, and there, and I, I have several. I have several, but uh, that that's one of mine. That's one of mine. So we can probably just dance around a few. Uh, Shannon, what's uh, what's one of your favorites? Post game, so, uh, game, post game, celebration, shenanigans, whatever, man. The shenanigans in Philadelphia after they won. Mm -hmm. I'm reading through Twitter, and like the next day, the big thing is like, what the hell ha is the uh, Philadelphia police scanner? 
and that was trend, like the number one trending topic was the Philadelphia police scanner. And probably my favorite one was that a man broke into the zoo and was riding on an ostrich out of the zoo. Wow. <laughs> that and also a couple stole a police horse and was riding on the police horse. That's fantastic. That's when you've had a little too much of the sports brew drinking game. <laughs> oh, they had a lot of the sports brew drinking game, bro. Now, where the sports brew drinking game goes wrong <laughs> is where the dude ate the horse poop. No, that, that I saw that video. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Look, now, look man. Let, at, we have all been blackout drunk in our lives. Been on the roof. We, <laughs> Sorry. We, we have all gotten shit faced in our lives and i can guarantee that all four of us have never had a hankering to eat the poo of a horse <laughs> i mean come on correct <laughs> i've said a lot of things are horse shit but i've never decided to snack on it yeah like like come well, on you, you know man. what happened like, look what man they, they tore up wawa that guy couldn't go in and get a cheesesteak late at night he would just he, you know he was just hungry bro I, and I don't I don't know what you'd have to pay somebody to do that. I have no idea. And I'm not sure if I've ever actually blacked out. I've passed out. I don't know that I've ever blacked out. Well, what a, I mean, passed out, blacked out. Well, I've I mean, definitely passed out. <laughs> I've definitely we, passed we, out. We've all been where it's like, okay, time for, you know, you're, like, no. you're just at that point. But what, what, I, I, I can never recall a time where I would want to eat the feces of an animal. Like, yeah, eating no. eating feces is off is not on my bucket list, bro. No. It's just, it's just yeah. not there. I did. Uh, I have a tweet from Deadspin that's got a slice of. Uh, I like how it's just titled "One Small Slice of Tonight's Philadelphia Police Scanner." So, in your honor for your best of, uh, it's twenty seven seconds. Hopefully, it's decent because I haven't previewed it. <laughs> but here you go. You got people climbing on the roof on the northeast corner of Locust to climb on all the light poles. Where is the flippy cops that's supposed to be out there on that corner? Northeast corner of Broad and Locust. They're climbing up the fire escape onto the roof of the building. Caution! They're breaking the light post off! It's going to fall into the crowd! <laughs> Peace caution! That light post is going to come down! I was hoping that'd be better, but, you know, that's okay. Whatever. No, that was I'm disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, well, the, the Ritz Carlton, I don't Dude. I know drinking can make you stupid, especially when you're in a great mood, when you're partying hard, and you just do dumb things, but a whole bunch of people standing on one of those little awnings and little, I mean, that's like a, that's like a canvas canopy with this thin metal tubing supporting it. How did you think that was a good idea? I mean, it looked like there were 40 people up on that damn thing before it collapsed, and they wrote it down. Yeah, bad yeah. idea, man. Bad idea. Bad idea. But, uh, whoa, I don't know about that. Not for me, man. Not for me, but I guess if you, if you drink enough, it kind of cushions your fall. Just ask Buffalo Bills fans who throw each other off of vans and through tables all day. <laughs> you know, good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, no, there's uh, you can find a lot of different content, uh, pictures, videos, ridiculousness of uh, post game celebration, and certainly victory uh, parade celebration, for sure. Uh, Mark, what's one of your uh, your favorite moments, or or you know, most hated or favorite moments from this whole thing? Um, well, you know, favorite moment definitely is you know 
I mean, if we're talking about actual in-game stuff, I mean, the, the, the trick played in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, or well, excuse me, to, to, to score the you know, final you know, Eagles touchdown of the half, yeah. just just phenomenal. Just just love every single thing about that. You know, obviously, like everybody else, you know, highlighted that much more by the fact that you know the Patriots tried the same or you know, similar play earlier and you know, failed at it. Um, and as I also said, and a lot of other people said, you know, uh, one total punt in the entire game. Two, you know, two wide receiver passes to the quarterback. That's a, that's a really strange fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but that was just absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, I, I'll never get tired of seeing that play when they ran it to perfection. Um, I'd say for shenanigans, and I'm yeah. sure we'll talk more about that play later. But for we shenanigans, uh, everything Kevin Hart was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, especially him trying to trying to get him on the podium, and, and he did a great yeah. job of owning all of it the next day. He, I mean, did. he, he knew he had far too much to drink. But he was still happy as hell, so he didn't he, care. It, it, no, he it delighted, I'm sure. But you know what's funny is, is uh, you know, Daryl Green was carrying the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl trophy, and it's weird to me. Obviously, Redskin, but you know, his last name is Green, Eagles Green. You, you associate the color, so I guess it kind of lined itself up with that. But uh, Kevin Hart made Daryl Green look really big. And I was like, "Holy crap, that dude is tiny!" I mean, I, like yeah, he's really you, short. You, like I, I, I mean, you know, he's a small guy, but Daryl Green's not a big dude, and he made Daryl Green look like a really big dude. <laughs> but that was hilarious, and the stunned look on his face as he's trying to get up there, and they're just like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, dude, <laughs> nope." And then go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say, and I don't know if you if you saw it, but um. He was on the uh, he he showed up on the NFL uh, Network's post game set uh, oh, yeah. with Chris Rose and, and Dion and all that stuff and LT and he was talking and he he totally is just like blah 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 talking about drinking he's slurring his words a little bit and then he totally just drops an f bomb <laughs> like accidentally <laughs> catches himself and then walks off and what I thought was really hilarious about it was that immediately after he kind of jumps off like Dion helps him down to make sure he doesn't fall or anything. Uh, but then this sound guy comes and collects all the extra mics off the set real quick. I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's tighten that up for a minute. Let's tighten it up for a minute, guys. Tighten it up for a minute. Uh, but just just hilarious. Uh, just hilarious. The the sheer ridiculousness involved in the celebration uh, and everything that went in for the Eagles. You know, look, I'm not, a, I'm not an Eagles fan. I've got friends that are legit. Die- I mean, like Piskorowski's. I mean, you know, he's a big-time Eagles fan. So we probably all know somebody that is. Uh, so for them to actually get to celebrate and enjoy and live that and, and you know see that that's a big deal for I mean was it fifty six years you know what I mean first Super Bowl in fifty six years I think I have to double I'll fact check it in a second since their last NFL championship I mean uh, that's a long 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 time oh, oh, yeah. oh for sure I'd I'd, I'd, be, I'd I'd happily be going ape shit too yeah so I get it yeah uh, other random like fun factoid if I can find it real quick and i thought this one was really interesting i have several of these pulled for you um the eagles join one team as the only teams to lose a super bowl and then defeat the same opponent the next time they met in the super bowl so obviously the eagles lost to the patriots way back when and they beat them this year do you know who the other team is one other team you say Uh uh-huh one other team it's old school Hold on, I'm thinking here. Um, Do you want Dallas and Steelers? No, nah, because Pittsburgh got them twice, three times actually. That's the thing. But then Dallas did beat them. But it was... 
That's what I was. That's the one I was thinking off the top of my head. It, it's a good guess. It's a good guess. I was thinking Miami, but I Miami think is involved. Okay. Miami is involved. You want You want a hint? They. God. Can be is it the Redskins? It's no. the Redskins. You're right. Is it, it is Redskins. Yeah. Okay, the, that's the, right. The Redskins lost to the Dolphins in 1973 and then beat the Dolphins in 1983. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So totally random. I saw that scrolling on ESPN. I'm like, oh my god, what a great random factoid. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was the undefeated season where uh, was it Gary Uprinium had like the crazy punt. Block. Yeah, that was I think that was a like a, yeah, I think that was a fourteen seven game or something. Yeah, it was like that, and then yeah, I think the Redskins waxed them next time. Yeah, it is, it's interesting. It's it's super rando fun factoid, man. But you know that the the Philly special, what what you hear called uh, the Philly special, that that was some guts, dude. That was some guts to do that. Uh, I, I and, and appreciated the, the guts. Yeah, and and the backstory to that, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about the game, but. Just very, very cool, uh, and you can see when you get like the audio clips and the pieces with Foles going up and talking to Peterson, uh, and then contrast that with, you know, because look, the Patriots didn't think they were going to do that. You know what I mean? They didn't think they were going to go for it, and it, it, part of it just goes to show you the the mentality that the Eagles had in dealing with this game, and you know, again, in, in the run-up through the NFL playoffs. And, guys, by the way, we really had, other than the Eagles-Minnesota game, we had a lot of, well, okay, maybe Patriots-Titans looking great, but we had a we had a lot of good playoff football. We, we, had a, we had a lot of good playoff football. And the Super Bowl, I think, lived up. I understand the defensive complaints. I'll hear that. <laughs> I, I, I get you. If you love defense, you're not happy with that one. But from a drama, from being compelling, from being ex- you know exciting, I think the playoffs on the whole delivered very well. But yeah, just I don't know, pretty wild. That and that play, that that play, man, the Philly special. That that's a that's a hoot. Other random fun factoid: the Patriots actually did that to the Eagles. I think a couple of years ago in the regular season. Really. Hmm. Hmm. And you saw people pull. References to that play from when Nick Foles was in high school, you know, as far as and obviously the you know the the Patriots had their own kind of version of that. Uh, it was just a little bit, a little bit past, a little bit too far. Maybe Brady should have taken another step before sticking his hands up so it could drop into him. But it's close. Although it inspired a ton of great memes with people sticking the Super Bowl trophy right there. I got him, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, so close, so close. And I think I saw a blurb where a Philadelphia, I think it was a Philadelphia bakery or donut shop, had uh, the Tom Brady Butterfinger donut. <laughs> oh wow! And I, I laughed. I was like, yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna give him some grief on that one, man. They, they they're gonna give him some grief on that, particularly in the business. Yeah, particularly because uh, particularly since Foles bagged the touchdown. And uh, for Foles, by the way, that's the first time a, a it's not the first time a quarterback caught a pass. Because Elway did it, I think somebody else did it, uh, but it's the first time a quarterback, uh, you know, caught a touchdown pass, which is kind of a neat little rando fun factoid and one that'll stick, probably stick in the record books for a while. Um, I would imagine. I would imagine. So uh, anyway, we'll we'll get a little bit more into that down the road. Uh, Randy, what's like? Uh, I don't know whether it's the game or shenanigans or whatever. One of your favorite, one of your favorite things or least favorite things. Either way, you can you can go either direction. 
Well, see, I thought Mark would have said his favorite thing is when the clock read triple zero and the Patriots lost, but, you know. Fair. <laughs> besides the point. Fair. <laughs> um, honestly, just the game itself, I think, is just, just the fact that we got what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and not in terms of who won or who lost, but the one thing we said we wanted at the end of the podcast last week is we just want a good game. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we got. It's not the greatest in history. It's not one of the most amazing games we've ever seen, but it was competitive. It was full of drama. And honestly, that's all we could have asked for. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, since you got, and plus you guys have also taken pretty much everything that I thought was worth talking about. So, but got I have to admit, man, some of those commercials were pretty damn good too. Some were mm-hmm. a hoot. Some were a hoot. I especially liked uh, the Doritos Mountain Dew one that had Dinklage and Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah, yeah that, that, that was fun. That was fun. That was completely. I'd seen like blurbs about it, uh, but actually watching that was a bit of a riot. That was very, very strange. That was very strange. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking Surprise, of Mark, didn't go with the New York Giants commercial. I know, right? <laughs> that one was fun. I think that that's probably the one. If there's one commercial people are going to remember, like five years from now, I would. Uh, the Dinklage one, that one may be there, but it, it might be Eli and, and Beckham doing, you know, dirty, the, the dirty dancing. I mean, that was pretty wild. That was hilarious. Yeah, that that was fun. That was fun. Because um, at first they had this like this little teaser of it, and then it ended, and I was like, what the hell is that? Uh, then when they broke out the whole thing, that was just fun. And everybody that was here, we didn't have a big Super Bowl party, but, uh, you know, Matt stopped by, Chelsea stopped by. And the kids were acting like fools. And Sarah was getting trying to put the kids to bed. I'm like, no, let's watch the halftime. Let's watch the halftime show. Uh, so we, and I cranked it up on the stereo, and and I I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of people hate on it, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun halftime show. No, it was fun. No, it was fun. No complaints from me. It wasn't perfect. They never are. But I I thought Timberlake did a good job. I liked the Prince tribute. I thought it was reasonably done. And it wasn't like ridiculously cheesy. Again, you got to remember the tie-in with Prince and Minnesota and Purple and all that stuff. And that when they panned out and they kind of did the city with the Prince symbol, I thought that was great. That was um, pretty cool. I, I thought that was I thought that was well done, um, and I enjoyed it. You know, Super Bowl halftime show should be fun, and I thought that was a fun halftime show. You can nitpick certain things, but I, I thought that was enjoyable. But yeah, that 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 Beckham manning moment that was pretty fantastic and i did find it uh the patriots ran that play against or a similar play against the eagles in 2015 that's what it was so relatively recent relatively recent so how about that there's your rando fun factoid how about that yeah mark actually you know what i thought yours might be was that the eagles held a fake walkthrough walkthrough practice before the (laughs) super bowl just in case the Patriots had eyes there. I thought that that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> oh, according to the Bleacher Report, Eagles long snapper Rick Lovato said the team actually took the time to hold a fake walkthrough in U.S. Bank Stadium the day before Super Bowl 52, just in case the New England Patriots were spying on their practice. So, yeah. <laughs> I believe I heard someone say a lot of the plays we were running weren't even in the playbook for the Super Bowl. That's pretty funny. But, you know, again, that's all the things tied into the... Uh, uh, the backstory and the context and the people hating on him. So kind of a hoot. Little sportsmanship there. Little, little sportsmanship, little gamesmanship, a little fun along the way. A little fun along the way. Speaking of fun along the way, 
Here's another one that was kind of a hoot. And I, you know what I, I do on it? In a moment, we need to do a salute o'clock. Then we'll roll with the game. But uh, <laughs> Jason Kelsey, by the way, deserves all kind of dap. He had a great post-game soundbite. And he probably had some of the most entertaining victory parade celebratory shenanigans of anybody. And I like that. I thought this one was great in particular. He's out with the crowd. He's out with the crowd having a good old time in whatever crazy-ass outfit. Uh, I, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Man, that's a wild outfit. His hat makes me think of... Uh, what was Johnny Carson's character when he had that big fluffy hat on his head? Oh, Karnak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like he's like a he's like a eagle green... He's got an eagle green Karnak hat. Karnak you know. the Magnificent. Yeah, there you go. Well, Kelsey was very magnificent. So here's a very, very stirring rendition of uh of a song with Jason Kelsey and 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 a lot of fans at the Eagles parade. We're from Philly, fucking Philly. We're going streaky. Yeah, he just runs down the street. He's got green and purple or fuchsia or pink. I don't know what the hell that outfit is. That's just <laughs> wild, man. It's just wild. All right. Uh, tell you, let's do a quick salute o'clock. Do a quick salute o'clock. Have a little fun. Uh, Mark, how you feeling, man? How you holding up? I know it's a little late for you, dude. You good? Yeah, I'm doing decent at the moment. Okay, doing decent. Good, good, good. Let's do a little quick. I was going was, was to try to help with the the Carson thing, but I'm afraid I'm a little young. I don't I don't recognize that Johnny Carson. I've never heard of him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Fail horn for that. Carson 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 Daly. I've heard of, but not Johnny Carson. <laughs> Carson I, I Daly. Come on, man. I agree with Shannon on this. I, I think the fail horn is needed. Fair enough. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> He's an all timer, man. He's an all timer. <laughs> pick pick your spot a little bit better on that. No. Carson's one of those guys I remember as a kid. I, I don't when when did he uh when did he hang it up, Shannon? Ninety two. Ninety two? I was thinking early nineties. So, I mean it's crazy yeah. how long May, that's been. May twentieth, nineteen ninety two. I'll never forget it, man. Yeah. Oh. My all-time favorite. Yeah, but uh, definitely let's let's do a quick salute o'clock. And I did want to raise a glass uh, to Mort Walker, the man behind uh, old Beetle Bailey, passed away at ninety four. Wow, ninety four, buddy. That was uh, that. And Mark, you're obviously too young for Beetle Bailey, so it's okay <laughs> if you're not familiar with the character in any capacity. It's all right. But uh, obviously, oh, I, heard, uh, I heard people the other day talking about this band called the the Beatles, and I was like, "What is that? Yeah, who are they? What what is that? What are you talking <laughs> about?" But uh, raise a glass, raise a glass to his memory. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a couple of strips I remember reading a lot as a kid. Calvin and Hobbes, I love Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, I mean, who didn't read Peanuts? But I always remember Beetle Bailey for whatever reason. I you know I distinctly remember reading Beetle Bailey, and that was kind of a rando and uh, rando one sort of fun and. Uh, he he had a real kind of dirty, uh, saucy, you know, naughty kind of side to him with some of the stuff he did as well. Uh, it's kind of a hoot, but uh, ninety four years, man, that's a good life. 
And he, he drew Beetle Bailey as a daily comic strip for 68 years, making him the Damn. longest the longest running artist in the medium's history, according to a statement from King Features. That's amazing. Ran eventually ran Beetle Bailey ended up running in uh, roughly 1800 newspapers across more than 50 countries with a daily readership of 200 million. <laughs> I never saw this one, but I love the name. He also had a cartoon strip called Boner's Ark. I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little, a little concerned about that one. Mm, a little concerned is, about that one. Is that an Indiana Jones um, risque film? It, it, yeah, I mean Sam Strip, Boner's Ark. I don't know. He's got some Alabama other... Bones. Yeah. I, mean. uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A little risque over there. But uh, so anyway, I'm raising up. I've got my Stone Hop Revolver. Uh, always a good beer, and I'm certainly enjoying that tonight. So. I'm... Uh, I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll break out any liquor. It's probably just a, a couple of beers and done for this for this evening, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Shannon, what you got, bro? Just rocking the blue moon, man. Costco's got the twenty four packs for sale, so you know I'm hitting that up. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Uh, Randy, what you got, bro? I have the uh, three notch hydrillion. Ooh, it's an Irish style red. It's very tasty. That sounds mighty good. That sounds mighty good. Mark, what are you uh, enjoying this fine evening, sir? I'm continuing with the uh, Star Hill IPA. Nice. Also solid. Um, and maybe, uh, I don't know, you know what would be nice to do is sometime maybe when you're going to come down. And actually, you, you wouldn't even have to come down to Richmond because it's uh, it's not that bad to go to Charlottesville from D.C., by the way. But it would be good to do a, uh, a 151 tour, and we could certainly start before we get up to that part. We could always visit uh, Star Hill. So oh, I would that's a solid happily, spot. Be, yeah, that, happily be on board with that. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. And uh, who knows, we got some birthdays coming up. Uh, by the way, I know we sent out a tweet, but uh, happy birthday to Mark's brother, uh, Matt. Duke has not delivered on any of your birthday wishes <laughs> the past the past <laughs> week. Don't worry, it's about March. <laughs> it's about March, man. <laughs> by the way, what the hell is up with, uh, was it St. John's? Beating Duke and then beating Villanova. What the hell? Didn't didn't that team lose like eleven games straight or something crazy? And then the, their last two wins have been against the top two top five teams. Man, I, I tell you what, I don't know how the season will finish out, but if that team doesn't get some love on the bubble, I don't know. You know what I mean? My God, that's ridiculous. Hey, that's ridiculous. If they can get over five hundred and get to like eighteen, nineteen wins, man, you got and their win against Villanova was on the road. Oh my lord! I mean, neutral I, court against Duke, Villanova on the road, like those—that's huge for them. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Kudos. No one else will have those two wins. No, so kudos, kudos to them for that, man. That's pretty wild. But uh, no, it's about March. It's about March, guys. Duke fans, oh, yeah. it's about March. So, uh, UNC fans, enjoy your celebration now. UVA fans, I'm not, I'm not anti-UVA. My wife is from Charlottesville, so I I have to begrudgingly pull for UVA. But you know, I that that's a hell of a defense. But you know, at some point in the, in the tournament, you got to score some points, y'all. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> we'll see. If they win this weekend, they'll be number one in the country come next week. Oh my God! How wild is that going to be? When was the last time they were one? Like Ralph Sampson or something? I, yeah, it have to. I mean, it has to be right. Oh, yeah, man, I, I mean, that's a hell of a thing. If you're a UVA fan, I mean, their basketball team is really good. Uh, it's very good, and I would imagine they're going to win the ACC regular season. We'll see what to do in the ACC tournament, but uh, they're going to set themselves up nicely for the big dance. And then it's just you know it's what you do when you get there. Um, 
But yeah, de- look, it's true in football. It's true. It's true in all these sports, man. Defense travels, buddy. Defense travels, but sometimes you do have to hit some buckets. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, anywho, well, I'll tell you what, man. Let's take. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> let's take a quick break. I'm gonna check on the dog. We'll come back, and it's just all. Uh, we'll just uh, have some more fun at the Super Bowl. But I, I need a new beverage, <laughs> and we're at 50 minutes anyway. So it seems like a nice time to have like a little cut opportunity. Uh, and then come back and pound out some. So that was a fun. Uh, honestly, that was a fun first segment, though. I enjoyed that. <laughs> that, was, that was good times. Good times. That was bro. good. That was good times, man. She said, uh, "That's right." But uh, look, we're the sports. Hey, <laughs> hey, but uh, look, we're the sports brew. Keyword sports and brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, obviously our home feed on Podbean, LiveSportsCatcher dot com, the Google Play Store, and some other rando things that 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 totally pull our podcast from our feed and and play it on whatever rando sites, man. If you can track us down, have a little fun. I don't. I mean, if people are listening, man, I don't care. Whatever, crank it up, have a little fun, have a drink or two, you know. Or three. And, and look, Jimmy Garoppolo's. I mean, he's buying them all. He's buying drinks for us. He's buying drinks for at least he should be. But uh, yeah, man, and, and, you know, raise a glass, man. Raise a glass and have some fun. And uh, look, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we'll just pound some more in the Super Bowl and uh, the trials and tribulations, the journey of Lindy. From the pot, from one podcast to this one, that's an interesting one. That's a, <laughs> we'll send you a salt lick for Christmas, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I totally it's get rough. it. I know. I'm just kidding, man. At least you got McDaniel's back. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and Belichick and Brady. So yeah, well, not Malcolm as Butler. As you got Brady, you got a chance. Yeah. Not Malcolm Butler. I'd say he's gone. <laughs> he's done. He's yeah, done in that, New England. That's that's probably a B that's gone. Yeah, yeah. You I'd got say Brady I'd say. Belichick, no yeah. Butler. That's right. Uh, but anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> all right, man. I had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back, and we have a little bit of fun with the uh, Cavs and all the trading and all the craziness and. Uh, uh, I did love Shannon. You brought this up, talking about somebody talking about how the Cavs traded for Bill Walton. I laughed about that, uh, <laughs> but dude, super colorful. But one of the things that it made me think of uh, was obviously the Grateful Dead and uh, John Perry Barlow, uh, Grateful Dead lyricist, and you know a guy that was a real champion for the open internet uh, passed away at seventy. And so I thought, man, I don't think we've ever broken out some Grateful Dead, but uh, I think we can play some trucking for a moment, man, just for good wow. measure. You know why not? Why Pretty not? sure this is the first in 229 episodes. Yeah, yeah, I I would think so. Good song though. Good song. Yeah. Although it makes me feel kind of mellow. <laughs> I think that's the point. Yeah. Well, is that the point of the song, <laughs> or is that the point of uh, you know? Some some medicinal recreational <laughs> facilitation. What are you what are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, probably enough of that, man. Probably Rock coma, baby. Scott, yeah. maybe, maybe that's what, <laughs> what. Maybe that's what the government needs to open back up. They just need to sit sit around and pass peace pipe peace paper now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what will be happening during uh, Trump's military parade. We're going to be passing a peace pipe. (laughs) (laughs) That's the deal. You figured it out, buddy. You figured it out, man. Son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Anyway. Let me just say what Mark's thinking. We need to break free of this. <laughs> oh, you know what? Your your wish is granted. This is 
wish is granted. That's right, buddy. That's right. <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that. Um, I said at the open of the podcast uh, how much I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl, and you know I, I don't. I didn't really have a dog in the fight. You know, my lean was was the Patriots, and. Uh, I was okay with him winning. I, I'm not. I don't hate the Patriots like some people do. I, and again, I understand why some people do. I, I totally do. Um, I, I respect the organization, and I think their accomplishments are ridiculous. Um, but when you're that successful for this amount of time, and you've won as much as they have, uh, they're they're low hanging fruit when it comes to fan rage, fan hate, and all the other stuff that goes into that. And that's all fine and dandy and fun. That's a side show. That's a side piece, right? Because uh, that's a good football team, man. That's a really, really good football team. And, um, you know, the Eagles, you know, I said the other week, they are going to, you know, have earned my respect if they beat them. And they did. And uh, I just think when you take it kind of big picture and you look at it, what the Eagles accomplished this year, losing the people that they lost, Peters and Sproles, and, and you can throw, you can keep at it, obviously Wentz, um, for them to ha- have gone on this run and for Foles to have played like he did and has throughout the playoffs is incredible considering that, what it yeah. what it looked like at the end of the season. I, and I know the old proverbial Andy Reid chip on the shoulder. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I know the old proverbial underdog thing motivates teams at times, and they had a lot of talent in a lot of positions. But you have to give kudos to certainly to Nick Foles, um, and you have to give kudos to that coaching staff, to Peterson, for having a good feel on the pulse of the team, for putting them in positions to succeed, for the players for executing, uh, and for getting that done. I mean, you know, t- to beat New England on this stage takes a tremendous effort. Um, if you want to nitpick New England and say, well, they've played a lot of closed Super Bowls, that's fine. You know, If you want to use that as a criticism, you certainly can. But they've been to a ton, and they've mm-hmm. won a ton. And, you know, even in the ones that they've lost, they didn't get blown out. You no. know, the two giant Super Bowls, there's some Herculean efforts and some and some things that really broke the Giants' way. They earned those wins, uh, and you can't take it away from them, but they didn't blow them out of there. The Eagles didn't blow them out of there. And there were moments in that game, especially late, that it was like, nope, the Patriots are going to go steal this from them. The Eagles deserve a lot of, lot of respect for staying on point, staying on task, for adapting their offense, for you know building up foals, for a lot of the things that they did, for the way they executed, and you know yes, there were some fortuitous calls for the Eagles. That part is true. Uh, that doesn't detract from the game, and we'll spend some time talking about that certainly. Um, but you know we talked about guts, we talked about heart. That team absolutely one hundred percent has that. Uh, the aggressiveness that they that they consistently displayed in that game, from play calling and on, uh, they were prepared. They executed at a high level. We, again, I know we can fault the defenses. I understand that, but you're you're also talking about two teams. I mean, think about what the Eagles did to Minnesota. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. they they leveled the they they leveled the Vikings on their home field. And you know what the Patriots are capable of, and they lose Brand and they lose Cooks. They lose Cooks, and their their offense was still cooking, man. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, Brady, Brady was cooking. Well, he wasn't perfect. He was very good. 
And if you want to be cheap and say he was a stat compiler, that's fine. He made some big-time throws. He wasn't perfect. Uh, Nick Foles was borderline perfect. And the only thing that I guess if you want to hold the pick against him, uh, you can. But that was really more about Alshon Je- Jeffrey batting that thing up. Yeah, I know it's um, – yeah. Yeah, it's in the stack column, but that's that wasn't a bad to me that wasn't a bad ball, you know, thrown by Foles. That just happens to be a little bit of a fluke play. Uh-oh. Uh yeah, you're right, Shannon. You're right. I did. You said ball. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I really just think what a tremendous Super Bowl. And a lot of stories and a lot of things. And this has been a hell of a week. We had all the Hall of Fame stuff, we had the Super Bowl, we had the NFL honors. Um, we have the Garoppolo contract, and obviously in some other sports, you got other stuff going on. You know, yeah, it's just it's been a, a pretty wild ride, and uh, you know, which is fascinating. But you know, the game itself, I think we have to take some time to appreciate what that game was, uh, what it meant for both franchises. You know, it certainly sets the stage for. Uh, we'll see what the last year or two. I, I I'm hard pressed to think Brady has more than two years in him, but you know, I won't put it past him. Uh, but I, I figured, I mean, to me, his window is two years. Um, depending Again, on, yeah. Olympics. Yeah, we, the, the Olympics are going on, opening ceremonies tonight. And they started curling yesterday, I believe. So, in honor of the... The, in, the question we have is, did D-Step place a bet on the curling? <laughs> I did not. I did not. You should have. I'm disappointed. But, you know, the Olympics also bring back our buddies... Uh, twice in a podcast that's awesome (laughs) but you thought it was cold in minnesota buddy (laughs) they were doing weren't they doing the the opening ceremonies in an open air stadium oh my god yeah freezing her baguettes off yeah yeah they're freezing their baguettes off that's true yeah, we hadn't even mentioned the Olympics. That's all right. We'll get to the Olympics. I actually use you know what you know what's funny about that, Mark? Is I'm a real big Olympics guy. You know, I'm the dude that DVRs the Olympics and like for like a couple weeks afterwards, I'll still watch events on the DVR. <laughs> it, it's random. You, you, one of one of my really oddball things that I enjoy and it makes no sense is synchronized swimming. And it's it's <laughs> and it's so dumb, but like I watched the I watched them doing the synchronized swing. I'm just like I'm amazed that they do what they do, but it's not oh, like sure. it's not like I'm like I gotta stay up late to watch the synchronized so swimming. It's not that, but I can totally be like it's on the DVR. Let me watch rhythmic gymnastics and synchronized swimming and some you know polo or you know what is, this, the Olympics has so much random stuff that you normally don't give a crap about, and so it's kind of a hoot. Uh, to watch that stuff and Sarah's always like you're not done with this yet it's over (laughs) (laughs) and I'll I'll still be watching event archery it doesn't matter man I'll still be watching stuff uh, just for fun so she's she's always like oh my god (laughs) can you just delete it (laughs) and you're like F it I won't do it live I won't do it well neither does NBC (laughs) remember that one time we got in trouble because uh who would, uh, we posted something on the sports people wall. It was one. Of, it was when the uh, one of the gymnasts won a gold, and we were talking about it. And someone was like, "They haven't broadcast that over here yet." I'm like, "Well, why are you oh, on no. Facebook, dude? 
You know, right. why are you, like, get off Facebook? Dude. Yeah, if, like, come if, on. If you're worried about seeing results, like, look, I, I watch a lot of sports in D, on DVR, and some of that is just it's just a time crunch, man. I do that a lot with football. I do that a lot with football. Actually, we were behind in the Super Bowl, so I I, I had to not look at the sports group chat or my phone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Uh, I think we were about 15 minutes behind, which is not a huge amount of time, but it's enough that a lot of things can happen. So we, I think, we finally got live with about. I don't know, three minutes left in the game, somewhere in that zone, which is a great time to be live, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, look, if you're DVR and stuff, man, stay off Facebook. I mean, don't get mad at people for posting stuff if you're like, Zach, I'm going to watch whatever event <laughs> like later in the day. Look, if you do that, stay offline, man. Stay off Twitter. Sports stay offline. PSA. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Oh, also, if Matt was here tonight, I was going to use this for him, but he was not. So uh, this would have been his intro song. 35th anniversary of Toto's Africa hitting number one on the charts, man. (laughs) Telling you, good times, man. (laughs) Good song. Also, also very mellow. Grateful Dead, some Toto. I don't know, man. Mm. (sighs) We need to get back on point. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> wait, wait. We need Bill, anyway. Bill O'Reilly to get us on point. You know what? We do need some freaking Bill O'Reilly. Hell yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, you can. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Say what again? Say what again? I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time? Hell yeah! Well, Lordy, freaking god! The series something memories, man. Say what? It's the Siri <laughs> meme with Sam Jackson. Oh yeah, that was in my face with memories. I laughed. Says what? And then he turns into Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, that was so good, so good, so good, man, so good. Um, I was gonna say real quick. I, yeah. you know, maybe we're just going mellow because we're like we're helping the Olympians, you know, with all their condoms, you know, get in the mood. So, <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, yeah, okay. Well, you'll have plenty of time to live in a van down by the river when you're living in a van down by the river. Little baby. Great ass. Tell me how my <laughs> Boy, if Shaq's in the Olympic Village, there's some fun there. Dwayne Wade. Didn't they send? Him, didn't they send Dwayne Wade back to Miami for like a highly protected second round pick? What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, but you know, Dwayne gets his ass eaten out regularly. Thanks, <laughs> bro, 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 bro. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's I, a bit outside. <laughs> apparently, that's just a bit inside. <laughs> uh, I mean, did he name his ass Tootsie Roll Pop? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Oh God, who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> like, your fault, Mark. Hey, hey, Olympic Village. Oh, that part of the soundboard's fell. Let me refresh the page. They cleared the room. I want that sound bite. That's crap. They cleared the room? No, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. 
Aw, <laughs> still didn't play. Yeah, all right, Olympic Village, here you go. Yeah, you did. 40,000 condoms or whatever that crap is, yeah. Thousand one. not it? I know you... We mm-hmm. talked about the, the, the stats the, other, the last podcast, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we said it or not. I, I saw the thing today saying it averages out to 20, 23 condoms per person. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of loving, buddy. That's a lot well, of loving. Set, set, set a record, so good for them. <laughs> well, that might be one of the few times you don't want the lowest time. You know what I mean? In the Olympics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You don't want the fastest. You no, know, that's right. That's right. You know, you may, you may not want that. Yeah, uh, an average of one point seven uh, one point seven love sessions a day over the course of a sixteen day event. There you go. Twenty seven point four condoms per athlete. I mean, again, yep. of course, we we're all like, I mean, eighty thousand. Awesome. It's a great, it's great, great thing. So we're glad they're doing it, but it's just it is that's amazing numbers. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. Or as Sexy Rexy would say, F it, I'm going deep. Um, maybe that. You know what, Malcolm Butler, if you need to get rid of the tears, man, go be an Olympian for a little while. <laughs> You'll be all right, bro. Too, too soon, too soon. I actually wrote wrote that in my game notes, though. I was like, uh, it's breaking out. I was like, first quarter, Malcolm Butler in tears on the sideline, being consoled by teammates. It really was. It really was strange to see. It really was that, strange uh, to see. Yeah, it's still a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it's part of the story of the game. And look, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, so you don't know that you don't know that they would have won with Butler in there. But it's fair to speculate: would he have made one or two or three plays that they needed over the course of the game? So it, it's still puzzling, and there were a lot of different theories. There was a lot of speculation. That stuff hasn't been confirmed. So, you know, you're just kind of left like, okay, was it really just a matter of he didn't deliver in practice? They weren't happy about something. You know, it's tough. It's a tough one. On on one hand, one thing you can say is, well, whatever it is, Belichick's not going to spill the beans or keep it in-house. So if there actually is something problematic, that's beneficial to Butler on some level, or, you know, perhaps if you want to take that angle. But it's still strange, and one of the reasons it's it's odd is you think of the adverse impact, and again, one of the contexts of the Super Bowl is that neither defense was phenomenal. Now, now Philly obviously got a very, very timely play late in the game. That part is true. Uh, but on the whole, you don't walk away from this game going, man, those defenses were fantastic. That's just not, this is not what you think, man. Uh, one punt. <laughs> one punt, dude. Uh, they you know, were ranking high in the BSC. Yeah. So you, you, that was not a defensive masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. That being said, it, it's it's hard not to look at that uh, again, particularly if you're a Patriots fan, and go, "Why, why?" You know, it. it, it he, I mean, he was dressed. You know, it's one thing if he was inactive, but the dude was dressed. He was in uniform. He's sitting over there crying. You know what's going on? And, and clearly, they had issues dealing with with Alshon. And, you know, tackling and some other stuff going on over the course of that game. It's hard not to go, would he have made a difference on one or two third down stops, right? Or third down plays. Um, It's hard not to feel that way. Don't know that he would have. The game doesn't exist in a vacuum. We can't replay it with him in there. 
but it, it's still a bit of a I think the best thing is you go that's a little bit of a head scratcher I, I just don't quite get it I don't yeah. quite get it and I, I think for a year from now two years from, if, if this is the last Super Bowl they ever get to and I'm not saying that it will be. I mean, they'll 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 settle that on field. But if that was the end, and if that was if that was the last Super Bowl, as long as you know Belichick is alive, people are going to look at him and be like, "What about Butler, dude? Why? You know what I mean? Why didn't you play him?" And so that's just that's just it's a piece of the story of this game. But one I mean, thing, it's it. You know, you have to wonder, and I think I talked. We talked about this in the brew chat. Mm-hmm. If it was a curfew deal, that's when you find on ten well, grand, ten twenty grand, and you call it a day. You hit them in the pocketbook. But if it was like, like speculation, and this is not been confirmed true, but they were saying he may have had weed. That, that, he was there late. was rumors about that, yeah. But there's rumors. But if that's the point, if that's what happened, then yeah, you had to suspend him. Because can you imagine if it comes out later and he didn't do anything about it, he would crushed. Yeah, I mean it, it's a mixed bag. But without it, knowing the full story, you're and see that's that's one of the things that's tough. Yeah, right. Is correct. that you don't you don't have the full story about what happened and. You know, I, I don't know that Bill Belichick owes it to people like us or the fan base to explain that. Probably owes it to Kraft. Probably owes an explanation to the team and to, you know, certainly his, his other coaches. So he that owes it to the team. I mean, yes. and that's, so that that's owner, everybody included in the team. He the doesn't organization. owe it to the media or anybody yeah. else. So that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, I... I the guy obviously has a pretty significant track record, and he's gambled on certain things before. And again, that kind, that Super Bowl, if one play goes a different way, the Patriots won that thing, and then we're not having this conversation. So, you know, what's the legacy of it? I guess we're going to see in time. But again, I, I think it's just if this was the end, the Butler piece of that component of that is going to hang heavy on, particularly New England fans. Because they may not ever understand, and you, they're going to always question. It, it becomes the classic "what if." What mm-hmm. if he played? Would he have made one stop? Would he have picked off one ball? You know, would he have made that tackle on Aguilar when he got the first down? When I forget who was trying to wrap him up, but he was behind. It was like a third and six, I think. And you know, he he. No, I don't want to say broke free because I don't want to play that song again. But you know, he 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 got away from the tackler. Got away from the tackler. So would he have been the difference on one play or two plays or three plays that would have flipped the game? You don't know. So uh, I think that that part's going to be a, a stick in the craw, you know what I mean, for Patriots fans, I think, forever, but particularly if this was the end because that's not the end that they wanted. Um, but let me circle back. I still think one of the things that's really key and really critical here, we talked the other week about if you're going to beat New England, you have to out-coach them. You got to outwork them. You got to outsmart them. You need some some things to break your way. And Philadelphia got all of that. Yeah. Right. They clearly put the work in. They clearly spent a lot of time over the two weeks 
getting ready, coaching them up, if you will. They were prepared in a lot of situations. Um, you know, I, I, plenty of people said if you could give a coach an MVP award, Peterson deserved it. He earned it. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating, and you have to give Philadelphia credit for what they did, and you have to give Foles credit for what he did. The last time I, I remember a quarterback having a run like that, at least recently, is, is freaking Flacco because yeah. he, he was lights out. He was perfect, and Foles, I mean, he was incredible, and, and there, were, there were so many plays where the, the defender was in position. It's just a, it's a perfect throw. It's a perfect throw. I mean, hell, you know, in the first quarter, you know, Foles bombs out to Alshon Jeffrey after LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, LeGarrette, that was a great run by LeGarrette Blunt. It was 36 yards on second and three. Nice 36-yard game. But that, that ball was placed perfectly for Alshon over Rowe. I mean, what was he supposed to do? He had his hand right there between Alshon's arms. But he couldn't bat that ball out of there. It, it, that throw was on the money. And don't forget that the defense was just, I mean, a, a milliseconds away from getting the foals. You know, I mean, it, it just, it, again, close, 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 close. He, that was money. We can talk about the Philly special. That was money. Now, I mean, that was foals bringing it in and catching it, but, you <laughs> know, I mean, it's just, it, it's just indicative. It's emblematic of the whole game. You know, he made some incredible, incredible throws. That super clutch conversion to Zach Ertz late, the throw to Clement in the end zone. When he, he's got two people around him, he brings it in. We can argue about the bobble of the ball. That's a different thing. But, you know, I, I mean, Foles was masterful. And, Dude, I mean, Foles was not scared of the moment. No, 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 not, not in any capacity. Not in any and capacity. I think that's, you know, you, you, I've heard Nick Foles talk about the last year, a couple years of his life. Mm hmm. And how he was ready to walk away from the game. Yeah. But then he came back. You know, it, once you've been like at that moment of truth type of situation, nothing, nothing's going to scare you. Nothing, right. nothing's going to rattle you. Right. Um, but you prepare. You have to prepare for it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But he wasn't going to be rattled, and he was prepared, and that. That dude just—he balled and he got the call. Yeah, yeah, he balled and he got the call. <laughs> Let, let's true. just let's just keep just tell it how it is. I mean, that <laughs> dude balled out. Look, most combined total yards in Super Bowl history and in playoff history: one thousand one hundred fifty-one, one hundred two yards more than the twenty thirteen Colts Chiefs playoff game. There's three saying that like any regular season game too, isn't it? I, I think it's like all, an all-timer for everything, but definitely yeah. in the Super Bowl and definitely in playoff history, and I think it is more than any regular season game, but we might have to fact-check that one. Uh, look, there's three other games over 1,000 yards. The 2011 Saints-Lions, the 95 Bills-Dolphins, and the 81 Chargers-Dolphins. I mean, that's rare air. It that's is. That's rare air. Also the second-highest-scoring game in Super Bowl history, with 74 points uh, right behind the 49ers, uh, beat down to the Colts back in 95, 49-26. And that score wasn't even that close. I remember that game. Chargers. Chargers. Oh, did I say Chiefs? No, you said Colts. Oh, my bad. Well, they would have waxed the Colts, too. Uh, oh, but the yeah. the 49ers <laughs> beat down to the Chargers back in 95. Uh, yeah, at 49-26. But, I mean, that 
I mean, they 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 slaughtered them. Uh-huh. They slaughtered them. So, I mean, think about this, man. The Eagles, 538 total yards, 7.6 yards per play average. They were 62.5% on third down. They converted 10 third downs. 10 of 16, right? Do the math. And they converted several fourth downs. 2 of 2. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild. And, you know, the Patriots, 613 total yards, 8.5 yards per play average. The Patriots were 50% on third. They had one turnover, obviously the one late. Eagles had one turnover, but that I, I don't hold that against Foles in any capacity. That was just a fluke play. Um, you know, they got T.O.P. on them. And most total yardage in a game this season for both teams. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of offense, man. Uh, for Foles, by the way, it's 373 passing yards. That's the third highest by a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, he, he, had, a, he had an excellent game. Uh, random side note, Nick Foles is the first backup to win the Super Bowl since Jeff Hostetler. Nope. Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I love the post game, uh, moments where Foles was holding his baby daughter in the middle of just the celebration. And he just kept looking into her eyes and kissed her on the forehead. You know, you go from a guy that a couple years ago was thinking about retiring and, and now he's the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that, that's the stuff of movies. Yes. You know, that's the stuff of movies, and that that's a hard thing to beat. Fun factoid for you. Let's see. Let's see if you get any of these guys. I'm not talking about Tom Brady since I. You obviously know in 2001 he replaced Bledsoe, so you already know he's on the table. That's Other right. backup quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl in place of an injured starter. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's one of them. Replaced Trent Green. Good call. Hostetler. Hostetler's one of them. Replaced Phil Sims. Yep. Um, the Colts back in the day, I think they had their backup in. Not list- they were both Hall of Famers. Yeah, not listed here. I don't know if that one counted. No. So uh, okay. you got you got Plunkett back in 1980 with the Raiders. Who did he replace? I'd have to look. At, he had a name. I didn't. I didn't even know the guy, so I didn't bother to write his name down. That sounds okay. terrible, doesn't it? Uh, like Mark, I'm too young to remember that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's the best of us. I yeah, it. it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Um, <laughs> and I also, it, obviously, a red skin. I'll give, I'll give you a hint. It's a red skin. Um, gosh, uh, Deisman replacing Jurgensen. Come on, man. Doug Williams, baby. Doug Williams, dude. Oh, Dougie, Dougie, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize Doug Williams was a backup for that for that yeah. team. Yeah, that, that was Jay Schrader. Started seven games total for them. I, think. I keep forgetting Jay Schrader was actually on that team. I know it, it's it's easy to. <laughs> I understand. I've always, I've always forgotten that. <laughs> it's easy to. I totally understand with the eighty-seven Redskins. So, you know, it's it's a small club, man. It's a small club that's done that, and um, I, there's a lot of things that get bookended with. You know, Peterson and the Eagles and the Patriots. It's just fascinating, man. It's just fascinating. But again, stuff of legend, stuff of movies. Like I mean, that's it's just a script. <laughs> it's it's wild. And I love the post game with with Nick Foles talking about, you know, uh, how he uh, kind of lost his joy for the game and when he was contemplating retirement. And but that coming back to Philadelphia, being around Doug Peterson and this team helped bring that joy back. And he talked about how. You know, you can't play this game without without loving to do it. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, I'm paraphrasing all this stuff, but it just it, it's a it's a it's very very difficult. There's a lot of work, 
And, you know, one of the things that you kept seeing these players talk about with the Eagles was their love for each other, how much, how strong of a team it was, how much they cared for each other. And that's a tone that's set from an organizational standpoint with Lurie, with Peterson, with the coaching staff, with the players. There's a lot of layers to that. But, I mean, football, I think, in, in general, we, we think about that as the ultimate team sport, right? Because there's so many moving parts. There's so many people. There's so much that goes into it. And, again, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on faulting the New England and faulting the Patriots. Because I don't think that's the, really the story of the Super Bowl. I, my, in my opinion, the story of the Super Bowl is how much work and how much effort and how much execution the Eagles put into that. Um, even if you want to argue there's some questionable calls and people will till the end of time, right? And that's, that's fair commentary, you know, that that's fair commentary. But again, for them to do what they did, they had to raise their game and they had to play the, the, just the team aspect and their brotherhood as a team, as a football team, as an organization is apparent underdog chip and all man. It's there. But Nick Foles came across genuine. He came across humble. He came across thankful. He gave lots of credit to his team. He gave lots of credit to Peterson. And he talked about how Peterson was, was the guy that was there scouting him and helping to you know get him drafted and get him to Philly the first time. You know, it's just a, it's super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, and it's just, you know, again, it's just hard not to, even if you don't like Philadelphia, I'm a Redskins fan. It's not like I was pulling for the Eagles, man. <laughs> but even if you don't like them, if you appreciate the sport and you appreciate a good story and you appreciate overcoming adversity and you appreciate taking down a Goliath of football, which they did, how can you not walk away with a tip of the cap, raising the glass and appreciating what that team accomplished this year? It's tremendous. And that's what it, I mean, that's what it took. It took an incredible near perfect performance from Foles. It took an incredible series of offensive plays or in coaching decisions. And it took a timely defensive play and then holding on at the end. I mean, it, it took a lot. It took some good fortune. It took some calls going their way. It took all of that to beat New England but they earned it. And that's a tremendous thing. And then, you know, if we talk about this as the ultimate team sport, you got to respect that, man. That was a hell of a job, a hell of an effort to do it. Mark, I know we're getting kind of tight on time for you, so I want to give you a moment here. I know you're not, you know, you're not a fan of of Belichick and and Brady, and that's fine. I I totally get that. But kind of open floor for you here for a moment because it's a tale of, of two teams in the Super Bowl. At the end of the day, though, what do you take away from the story of the Eagles this year? Like, for them to have done what they did, the manner in which they did it and accomplished it, and, you know, just the story, their story. What do you take away from that? And then, since you're not a fan of Belichick and not a fan of Brady, um, what do you think this means to them i'm curious okay um well i mean i'd say in terms of the eagles i mean i think you gotta 
Uh, you got to give me a lot of credit because I think I pretty much nailed every aspect of what needed to happen for the Eagles. So I think that's first and foremost. You know, you want to make sure that you know I get a lot of credit for just I don't know borderline brilliant analysis uh, pregame. Um, you had analysis you know, outside of that. Yeah, I mean that's just you know I'm just saying I credit give credit where credit's due, and that's uh, that's just very impressive performance by Dstat. Um, <laughs> Uh, 0.0 your bling mac is on the way your bling mac's on the way (laughs) like Rodney Dangerfield I get no respect no respect at all no Um, respect on it (laughs) no I I I think um, the Eagles you know I mean I, I just Randy said it himself. I mean, we, we, we obviously, and, and, and I mean, uh, we're obviously around the country, like, you know, we saw how, you know, because of uh, a lot of people with, you know, validly, valid negative opinions of Philly and their fans, and then, you know, a large percentage of people who also, you know, dislike the Patriots pretty significantly, you know, there, there was not a lot of clear rooting interests. So it's either, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, you're rooting for the Patriots, Eagles fan, you're rooting for the Eagles. Uh, most everyone else, it seemed begrudgingly rooting for the Eagles uh, because, you know, just, you know, wanting to see something different. But primarily, we want to see a good football game. It's the last yeah. football game of the year. Always a tough time for, for hardcore football fans. So give us a great game. I mean, I, I don't know what what more we could ask for. Uh, like you stated, if you if you you know if you're a hardcore football uh, defensive fan, maybe not so much of that. But I, again, I think typically, you know, it's more better offense than you'd say bad defense. I mean, right. I, I really think you just got to give credit to coaching, uh, which again, as much as I'll always, you know, not enjoy it. Of course, I recognize the the brilliance of Belichick and his coaching abilities. But Peterson, I mean, you know, clearly they just did a phenomenal job. Incredible. Getting coached up for this. Incredible. This game, so you know, I I think that's um, you know, I said the Eagles need to get off to a great start. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they 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 clearly you know showed pretty quickly that they were not intimidated, they um, that they that they were prepared, and um, so you know, what comes next? I don't know. I don't know what you know. I think the NFC East should and hopefully will be a pretty solid uh, division next year. I think. Uh, you know, Eagles and Giants getting the title for the NFCs back to back, very likely, and that'll be fun. So, uh, <laughs> no, uh, e- Eagle, Eagles did a phenomenal job, and 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 Foles. I mean, again, I'm 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 stating the obvious, but I mean, Foles did just an unbelievable job, and and I, I think, uh, you know, uh, hopefully that that city gives him so much credit and so much respect for what he did. Oh, I, I, um, I think he, like, all the yingling he ever wants in his entire life. I, I think <laughs> beer's for free forever for Foles. Um, oh, I, absolutely. Did, did you see the thing where somebody, uh, I, I don't know if this was trending or not, but I thought it was great, and somebody called him Folstradamus? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like the wordplay, dude. I was, I was a fan of that. I was a I'm fan, a fan of that. too. Um, so I'll, I'll play the thing with the Philly special. I'll, I'll play the thing with the Philly special because I, I, I think it's relevant. And I know you mentioned that earlier, and uh, I wanted to squeeze this in. Hey, oh. We're going for it right here. We're going for it right here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Philly special. Ready? Holds. And the gun. 
Here we go, here we go. Lemon to his right. Tonight. Now lines easy, up behind easy. Foles. Kill, kill. Foles. Lane, Lane. Moves to the right. It goes directly to Clement. Reverses it. The pass goes into the end zone. And it is a touchdown by Nick Foles. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Philly, Philly. I just, I love the fact that, that that's how that coach <laughs> and that quarterback work together. And yep. I mean, I think that's just demonstrative of the caliber of their relationship, uh, yeah. both from a football standpoint and then their interpersonal, you know, a, a, just their their interpersonal relationship and ability to communicate and to have faith in each other and to have confidence in what they're doing. Uh, that's indicative of what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's it's tremendous, and it's not to take anything away from New England. That to me, that's not the story. Is not New England. You know, I mean, the story is really what Philadelphia accomplished. Oh, yeah. And, and I think, I, mean, I think, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, mean, I, I think that, you know, one of many things to, to, to give the Eagles and especially Peterson so much credit for is like, you know, uh, the Belichick, the Tomlins, um, Madden. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of all the big, some of the big name coaches uh, throughout history. Like, you know, they're given a lot of rope in terms of, of pedigree and in terms of, you know, uh, decision-making when, you know, big games are on the line, they're, they're going to make some mistakes because they, they've got, you know, a long line of history and, they, and they've, you know, developed, you know, that respect. You know, Peterson, uh, as, as our, our friend uh, Jason Kelsey with his great uh, <laughs> uh, speech uh, today, today, you know, highlighted uh, greatly how uh, tons of people and, and best he, he really dug into Mike Lombardi calling Peterson the, the least qualified uh, NFL coach this year. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, all I'm babbling to get to is just that, you know, you give Belichick or something like that, that kind of decision, and, and it doesn't pan out like people would still second guess it and say he made a mistake, but, you know, they'd be like, all right, you know, veteran coach you know, made a decision and, and it didn't work out. If that hadn't worked out, I mean, Peterson would have gotten ripped apart. I mean, it just it it, it could have gone so south. But to have the cojones to make that play call, and I mean, it wasn't like it you know got lucky and snuck in. I mean, it was perfect. It was perfectly mm-hmm. set up, perfectly executed. Uh, Patriots clearly didn't see what was coming. Oh, they, they didn't. They, no they chance, didn't. They didn't no want to go for it. it. They didn't. They didn't want to go yeah. for it, dude. Yeah, that was exactly all, all fronts. I mean, to have yeah. the but to have the balls to go for it and to go for it running that play, yeah, um, and running it to perfection. I just, I mean, that's that's going to be one of my favorites, you know, Super Bowl moments for a long time to come because that, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we, you know, we were all watching our separate separate locations, but I mean, I was just like, wait, wait a second, wait, they're going to go for it here? Yeah. I mean, that's that alone, and then and then seeing this this trick play call, but I mean, again, it was just so perfectly set up. It, it was just, uh, uh, just so well done. So Dude. I mean, I, I I love seeing that kind of stuff from. You know, again, from a coach that's, um, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like before, you know, this this uh, playoffs or, or, you know, what have you, that I really had a strong feelings about Peterson one way or the other. But now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard, hard not to be impressed by how he, he coached that game up. Um, seems like a pretty likable guy uh, for sure. And te- team definitely uh, rallies around him. And uh, that was just... 
that was a brilliantly coached Super Bowl yeah. with uh, with one of the ballsiest, uh, but most you know awesomely executed you know play calls uh, that I've seen in a long time. Especially, especially I mean, let alone I mean, mm-hmm. picture that in a regular season game, you're putting it in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. this is you know yeah. where where a single a single t- decision can win or lose the game. Well, that game, that game it would have. Yeah, oh, you know absolutely. what I mean. That I mean, that game it would have. Uh, who knows what could have happened if that you know they had gotten it or turned it over or you know what have you? I mean, who, who knows? I mean, that's you know wipe wipe the wipe a potential three three points off the board. Um, you know, it could have been a huge huge swing, huge swing. Um, but they were also so deep that it would have been a, a long drive for the Patriots too. She said, um, "No, hey, it would." Hey, hey yo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, it absolutely would have been. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't wasn't without. I mean, it wasn't like completely out of left field. Like, what in the world is he thinking? Like, this it makes it makes absolutely no sense. But it's it's a bold, it's an extremely bold decision. That's, I think, a lo- many, if not most, other NFL coaches going against Belichick and the Patriots. You know, with the the importance of putting up points against you know one of the top, well, the top quarterback in the league and one of the top offenses in the league. You, you're pretty hesitant to. You know, risk taking points off the board. Well, I mean, you know, keep keep in context that when you're looking back on that first half, you, you did have some screwy things happen. The Eagles missed an extra point, which is weird, and you know, the Patriots miss an extra point and they miss a field goal. And I, although I will say, God bless, I thought that damn ball was going to hook itself in. It looked like it was going to go crazy <laughs> wide, and then it it had the yep. strangest trajectory. <laughs> like it it tried to get back into the uprights, you know. It tried to get back in there and just couldn't quite hit it. Uh, so the Shannon, I guess it curves a little bit to the uh, <laughs> a little bit to the left, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? How's um, it hanging? <laughs> yeah, how's it but, but I mean, that was a vicious. That was a vicious hook on that kick, and you know, it, was, it, it yeah. donks off the uprights. I mean, it, but that's a 26 yard field goal. It's a 26 yard field goal that they miss. So you, you got four points for the Patriots. You got an extra point, and then of course the the Eagles go for a two point conversion, don't get it. So they both left points off. But as far as the Philly special, I mean, it, it's you know a little over two minutes left in the first half when and the Eagles just they just stayed aggressive dude and this is right after the Patriots just go trucking I mean just go trucking down the field man oh, yeah. and, and Brady had a, a 43 yard bomb to Hogan and set up that 26 yard James White touchdown run which would that was a beaut I mean LeGarrette LeGarrette Blount had some great runs but that James White TD run was pretty dude uh nice. just breaking tackles getting into the end zone uh, that was a great run, and you know that you just I, it it just seemed like both teams knew they just they had to go balls out in that game. They had to. It's a, it, it's like they just knew they had to do that, and uh, uh, you know under two minutes, a little over two minutes, Eagles ball. You know they stayed aggressive. It was third and three from their own thirty six. They got a big gain to Clement, and this is one where you know the defender was right there. It was close to bringing them down midfield. And he just he just he just misplayed it, just whiffed on bringing him down, and then Clement gets all the way down inside the ten. You know, it, it's fourth and goal from around the one field goal. It's like a big nah. Keep in mind, keep this in mind. In the regular season, the Eagles were they <laughs> had seventeen fourth down conversions on twenty six attempts, the most by any team since the two thousand eight Patriots. So, and the Patriots were getting the ball back at the beginning of the second half. So, you know, that, that, was, that was an aggressive choice 
it, it was, was the right move. It it was a it was a gutsy. We gave we criticized Jacksonville for being conservative. We criticized Atlanta for being conservative. We said the other week, <laughs> you you, you got to step on their throats. You got to keep them down. Well, what do you think? You know the Eagles are trying to do. They were trying to keep them down. And being aggressive was part of that. It was a great trick play. Trey, Trey Burton's throw to Nick Foles was on point. The play was on point. And, you know, it's 22 to 12. Man, I mean, it's just... And and you knew the Patriots were going to come roaring back in the second half. You knew that. So, uh, just a right moment, right call, guts, heart, aggressiveness. And, you know, by the time you walk away from this game, I think when we look back... You know the big things you're going to remember. That's that's one of those plays, but it was set up in part by the spirit of how the how the Eagles went after that game and went after New England. You know uh, that was their identity, and they stuck with it. Yeah, and they ran with oh, absolutely. it, and they were determined. They were determined. It was the ultimate. You know, and I, I love that picture that Stallone had. After the game, where he was all like, <clears throat> yeah, doing his arms up kind of pose, like, yeah, you know, the old underdog Rocky thing. But, you know, you don't think Rocky in the movies doesn't, I mean, the dude goes down swinging, right? I mean, that's what the <laughs> Eagles did. The, the Eagles were going to go down, whatever happened in this game, whatever happened in this game, the Eagles were going down swinging the whole way through. I, right. it, they must have watched Kobe in his last game, man. You empty the chamber if yeah. you're going to talk yeah. about. Oh yeah, just empty the chamber. The the let the chips work, fall where they may. Yep. But if you yeah, don't maybe, empty maybe. the chamber, that's on you. Yep. Right. So it, you, maybe, you, maybe, maybe hmm? I would say maybe, maybe Stallone is celebrating. You know, trying to now that he and the the Rock are trying to sway Gronk to you know come join at the, the actors out there. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I guess I was going to you know, try to wrap up with, uh, yeah. uh, one, one more, one more Eagles thought. I, I just, I have to say that, um, and y'all, y'all can definitely talk about it some more, but if Ertz's touchdown had been overturned, I, I, I felt like I might've just had to give up on football for a while because I, I don't understand. I mean, when Collinsworth started babbling about it, like I just, there was no part of me. I understand. And I know, that, you know, Steelers fans are going to try to compare it to, um, to their return touchdown. It, it's, you know, that one pissed me off too, but that one's, that one's a world's different to me when I watched it live. I mean, and, 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 and on replay and on, on everything, he makes a catch. He takes almost four steps it was, and then dives in the end zone. It was three. I, I don't it was three, but it, it, was, it three. was a clear three. It wasn't like even, I mean, clear three full steps. He had seen, become seen a runner, yeah. He'd, be, he'd become a runner. He went to the ground. The ground clearly caused the ball to pop out. After he'd already crossed the line, if somehow anything, it was a fumble, which he clearly recovered, but right. it wouldn't even have been a fumble. I mean, uh, and the fact that there was any consideration uh, that that would have been overturned, I, I just... That would have. I mean, I know that you know a lot of people love teasing about you know Dez's catch in the past, and then obviously what happened yeah. in the Steelers game, and then the the possibility of this, and just not understanding or knowing what what's a you know, catch anymore. And and I, and I get that, and I agree. If this one had somehow been determined not a catch, I, I understand. I mean, I, I still thought even Clements from earlier was a catch, but that one I understand more the debate. I, I get that, yeah. but this this to me. 0.0 debate and and so that's 
I was, you know, <laughs> I was sitting sitting watching the game, just gritting my teeth. And, and I'll admit, again, at that point, I mean, I've got money on the line, so I'm right. I'm thinking a lot about that and the, the annoying things that could screw it up. I'm not. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit my bias, but 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 not. I mean, yes, but not. I mean, it, it's still. I mean, I, I'm I'm also thinking about it as just a freaking football fan who sees he caught the ball and took three steps. I, I just. Anyway, yeah. um, so thank goodness that there wasn't you – know, that was just clearly squashed. Collinsworth – I don't know. Collinsworth, I feel like, kind of annoyed me more than he usually does in this game. I'm not usually a Collinsworth fan, but he, he wasn't uh, – He was he off. Was usual he was annoying off. self. He was. Did, did, you but, see um, so where, did you see where there was a petition? The Eagles fans started the petition to have uh, – <laughs> their petition was to have – to never have Chris Collinsworth call another Eagles game. <laughs> and it had like 100,000 uh, signatures. Oh, dude, they were pissed. That's fantastic. They were pissed. They were pissed. (laughs) Uh, Chris Collinsworth Um, is the most biased and horrible commentator ever. (laughs) But he he was pretty bad. He was not very enjoyable. I didn't think. you know, I I didn't feel that. I didn't feel as strongly um, about Collinsworth as either one of uh, either one of you did. But granted, I was on DVR. I skipped through some stuff, so maybe I missed some 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 moments there. But um, to me, watching that real time. And this is the issue with the way it's been called this year. I was really surprised that they didn't overturn the Clement catch. That one surprised that me. That one too. surprised me. In the oh, moment, and it's it. and it's not a matter of me going, Well, I don't think that's a catch at all. It's the context of what they've done this year in particular. Right. I was like, sure. No, the ball's moving around, his foot's out of bounds, and then he resecures it. I was like, nah, nah, that that's not gonna stand. Then it did. I was like, Oh wow. And with with the Ertz catch, with the Ertz touchdown, when I saw it real time, I was like, Well, he didn't survive going down to the ground. That was my first thought. I said, for this year, the way they've called stuff, I'm going to be – I was like, again, I'm going to be surprised if they don't overturn that because they're going to be like, you didn't survive going down to the ground. And I just think back to that. I think it was the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Pretty sure it was the Seahawks and the Cardinals. People always talk about the Jesse James touchdown or non-touchdown. But there was this random play. I could swear it was the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And it, this dude took like – like all these steps and then like the ball comes out and they're like, ah, nope, that's an incompletion. I'm like, that's a fumble, dude. And we had a podcast. We were talking about these things and it was this idea of, you know, some of these things were done to combat just fumbles. So it ends up being an incompletion. And it's like, do I feel like in the moment that those were legitimate? If I just take it as by itself, I go, I can accept those as catches in the context of the way things have been called this year. I was really, really surprised that both of those stood. The Ertz one, I think, would have been tougher to overturn. And, you, God, if you think they started fires in Philadelphia from winning, can you imagine if they had overturned both of those calls and they went to New England? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They would have been like, these refs are all New England. And let me tell you, if there's any game that should tell you they don't have the refs in their back pocket, it should be this one. Because they didn't get the Clements call, they didn't get the Ertz call, and and Hogan got blown up on the Hail Mary. I know, I know they let a lot of stuff go on the Hail Marys. I understand that, but Hogan got blowed up. <laughs> he got yeah, blown. there should have been a penalty. He on got there. blown up. You, you know, it's one of those things where they don't like to throw flags on Hail Marys. We all understand yeah. why. We totally get it. You you hate to, you know, over influence or over officiate. But Hogan got leveled. Yeah. He got leveled. It would have been a justified flag uh, to sure. throw that there. 
I don't think they need to throw anything on Gronk. That's it, look, everybody's going up for the ball. It's all fair play. There's going to be a lot of contact, a lot of bodies. Hogan got crushed. That one. Yeah. If they had flagged that, I don't. I can't see how anybody would have complained. Um, <clears throat> other than being being like, ah, crap! It's a hell mary. Why are you doing it? <laughs> they wouldn't have been happy. But I, you know, I don't think you could you could fault them for doing it. But they didn't. So uh, you know, out you know, you had to outwork him. You had to outcoach him. You got to outsmart him. You got to outluck him. You got out. You got to get some breaks your way. That happened for the Eagles. They got some fortuitous calls. Uh, I really thought the Clement touchdown was going to be overturned. It was an incredible throw. It was an incredible throw. But in the context of this season, it is amazing to me that both of those stood. Ertz, I think the Ertz one would have been really cold if they had overturned that. Clement, I wouldn't have been upset about if they had overturned it. Not given the way right. it's been called this year. Clearly, and you've heard people talk about all this, all these issues with the catch, all of the catch rule, all these problems with it. Obviously, they're going to modify it. Uh, they took a different, they took a different, you know, stance on it. I guess what is it? Unless there's in, you know, inscrutable, incontrovertible. I don't know. There's some word they like to use. I can't remember at the moment, but just something that that's clear, you know, an absolute. Unless there's something that's was it incontrovertible? I don't know. It's something like that, right? You know, unless there's something without a doubt, man, just to stay with it as called. And I think that's what they did. But a, a different feel from the regular season. I was surprised. I was surprised. Well, the refs as a whole, they they let them play. They didn't really uh, call it as tight as they have it during the regular season. This one yeah. was very loose. There's a, they, I mean, a lot of teams, a lot of the games in general, I mean, usually you get all, all these ticky-tacks called. They didn't really do that this game. They, no, they, they didn't. The Super Bowl, they just they let them play. They let they, they got a lot of good hits in. There was, uh, I mean, they just they just let it go. And it Uh-oh. was just. <laughs> really, really, Randy. Really. Wasn't done on purpose, I swear. But, anyway. but like you, I was just as surprised as you on those two touchdowns just because, yeah, you look at the, the body of work from the regular season. Mm-hmm. During the regular season, that stuff's overturned, and people are pissed off, and yeah, that's I mean, just how it yeah, works. Yeah, they were pissed. Yeah, of course people were pissed. People were livid about the Jesse James deal. They were livid, and I know it's not exactly the same. I get that. But it's just, it, it, again, the feel of it, they felt like catches. But the way they've been officiated this year, that was inconsistent, and I was surprised. I was sure. ju- I was just surprised. But my God, they if they they tore up wawas from winning, they beat up horses for winning, they stole ostriches from the zoo and winning, <laughs> or whatever they, they ate took. Shit for winning, they eat poop. <laughs> they ate poop for winning. Okay, they're eating poop for winning. What would they have done had those calls or one of those calls gone against them and they lost that damn game? <laughs> Wait, Philadelphia may not be standing. They right would have now. bought all of Elon Musk's not a flamethrowers. They would have bought all of them. <laughs> it would have been crazy, dude. It would have been absolutely insane. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much of that factored into their decision making process. But one of the the thing about Collinsworth's commentary is is one of the things that you hear from him is he said something like, 
If this is, you know, it's not what it's been. If this is how they're ruling it. I have no idea what a catch actually is, which is how a lot of people felt this year. And I think his commentary in part embodied how do you interpret this? Because they did it differently in the regular season, and now it's different again. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's just hard for people. But I think that when the Jesse James thing happened, we talked about the spirit of the rule, and it felt like they were violating the spirit of the rule. We understood the it was technically correct, but it didn't feel like it was the best application of it. You know what I mean? So this is one of those where it felt like they wanted the spirit of a catch to, to you know, unless there was something absolute, they didn't want to overturn it just to do it. And once Clement, once that one stood, they had to kind of know over the rest of the game that that was going to be a, they were going to have to have a high standard to overturn that. But man, that would have, that would have changed the game significantly. Significantly. I'm surprised that uh, Mark, uh, by the way, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, you mentioned it, and I guess I should have played it for you. But this is Kelsey uh, talking about Peterson, and uh, I wanted I wanted you to get this. I know you mentioned it. And I, this was a great one, man. Doug Peterson. When Doug Peterson was hired, he was rated as the worst coaching hire by a lot of freaking analysts out there in the media. Isn't that amazing in retrospect? Just incredible. Yeah. This past off season, some clown named Mike Lombardi told him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. You saw <laughs> Griffin, Doug Peterson, a man who went for it up fourth and down, went for it up fourth and down in the Super Bowl with the trick play. He wasn't playing, playing just to go mediocre. He's playing for a Super Bowl. It didn't. It didn't. But nope. I, I wanted to squeeze that one. I wanted to squeeze that one in there for you. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to squeeze uh, that one in there for you. But I, I know you got to go. I know. You, I know you got to bounce. So I guess your walk off thought. I, I knew we were going to talk about those catches. I knew they were going to come up. I knew they were going to come up. Oh yeah. And I, I think you felt pretty confident that that they were and that they should have been, uh, and that you're okay with that. Uh, but I tell you what, man, I, I really hope they have consistency and clarity with what a catch is. And I don't know if the, <clears throat> if you know the XFL throwing shade, you know McMahon kind of throwing throwing shade on. We'll know what a catch is helped motivate some of this. I don't know how many back you know closed door conversations were going on. It is interesting to me that they treated it differently, and maybe that just falls under is the Super Bowl let them play. Maybe I find it to be a fascinating component of the Super Bowl storyline it doesn't detract from what the Eagles did I want to be clear about that oh absolutely you you can criticize that but that's really more of a to me criticizing the catches here are is really more of a reflection of the struggles of the regular season and how much they shafted a catch in the regular season I think it's more and you know and more indicative of that based on the letter of the law and the interpretation over the season. It, it, it did seem unusual, but it doesn't detract from what Philly did. Uh, although I, I still believe had those been called in the Patriots favor, people would have gone absolutely ape, particularly the Ertz one. I think a lot of people could have lit. They, they would have been disappointed, but they could have accepted Clement Ertz. I think would have been near impossible for people to accept that they overturned that one. I think they, I think they would have been ready to stab somebody, dude. <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, that would have been crazy, <laughs> man. Would have been crazy. But um, uh, I know you got to go. So I guess um, any kind of wrap up thoughts or you know uh, walk away thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was absolutely. I was gonna say. I mean, you, you asked you asked me to, you know also to talk about you know Patriots thoughts. And I mean, I, I would certainly say that you know I I. I give them their absolute due um, in this game and, and, and moving forward. I mean, you know, Brady, yeah, I'll have a conversation for another day, but I mean, certainly uh, even with, without, you know, if he never gets another Super Bowl title, um, he'll at least always, you know, be talked about as one of the goats and um, very well may be the goats. Um, and again, I, I think that you know, while yes, there wasn't much defense in this game in terms of stops. I mean, I, I still I, I think it's more so it was just better offense. I mean, I think just both yeah. offenses were, were yeah. greatly coached up and, and great game plans. And I mean, Brady didn't do much of anything wrong um, whatsoever. But I just I mean, what made it so thrilling was so fantastic. It was you know when when the Eagles needed it, they needed one stop, one play. One play. Um, they got it in that great strip sack, and I mean that was just, just absolutely, you know. I mean, of course, you know what the doctor ordered, and right at the right time, and um, I mean, what just, 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 just what a phenomenal Super Bowl. I, yeah. Again, I, I think for the for the fact that you know outside of the team's fan bases, the the team people weren't too excited about the matchup, but just saying, come on, let's let's get a great game out of it. They absolutely did. They, they you know, the stereotypical left it on the field. Um, I think um, a lot of commentators would correctly say that, you know, uh, really wasn't as though either, you know, the Patriots lost, you know, it was uh, much more so the Eagles, Eagles won it. Mm-hmm. They, they did what they had to do to win it. And so, um, and yeah, now's a sad time with no football for a while, but uh, know, again, I hey, if we, we had to get, you know, one um, golf game to, you know, take us into the off season. I uh, certainly hope everybody enjoyed that. Cause that was a, uh, 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 absolutely lived up to to what we were hoping for. Yeah, no, that was a hell of a send off. That was a hell of a send off. Yep. And uh, I will say this for you. Um, yeah, the the Eagles stepped up in that one moment. That they, they made that huge, huge, clutch defensive play. They had made lots of clutch offensive plays um, along the way. And it's not just that Ertz touchdown. It's also that a play earlier where um, Foles was essentially backpedaling, thrown off his back foot and hits or He's got people all around him, and he gets that ball out of there, avoids the rusher. And that was actually a fourth and one. That was a fourth and one when he threw that to Ertz and picked that up. That and, was yeah. pocket presence yeah. and a hell of a throw and a hell of a catch to stretch yeah. out too. And that was a clutch play, and it, you know maybe there was a little bit of a pick play on that one. They didn't call it, so it, it, but there was a little bit of a pick on that one. But he got Ertz got hit the instant he brought that ball in. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got hit the instant he had that ball. So uh, there's two sides to that one. There's Foles, you know, having the presence of mind and sticking through that and making that damn thing while going backwards, and then Ertz <laughs> hanging on to that. Just, just clutch. There was a lot of clutch moments in that game. Um, what I was going to say though for you, you know, that last when Brady got strip sacked, I rewatched that play a ton, and one of the things that's amazing to me is that James White is out there with nobody on him. And you think about all the big gains, what they like to call the chunk plays, and there were a lot of those in this game. And it's funny to me to think that in that particular moment, you know, the Eagles made, like, the play was there for the Patriots because White was open, dude. If if Brady had gone to him out of the gate, he would have had him, gone out of bounds, first down, whatever. 
But the play was there. The Patriots missed it on offense, and the Eagles made it on defense. You know, and you just again, time and time and time again with this game, one play could have flipped this whole game the other way. That I mean, to me, that's just how tight it was, how close it was, and quite frankly, how good it was. How good it was. But Absolutely I, right. I, I guarantee you, if Tom Brady could dial up share <laughs> on that last play, buddy, <laughs> or at least that strip sack. Damn sure he would. He would. He would. Uh, other side note of randomness uh, as we kick Mark out two things. Number one, I love how someone set the Titanic music to videos of Eagles fans tearing down Philadelphia. Usually <laughs> usually it's a football play. They actually took the, them setting crap on fire and rioting, and they put the Titanic oh music God. to that. That I thought was really, really funny. The other thing, and this is real. This is I, this is this one's for you, Mark. This one's for you. I know you love Tom Brady so much, but <laughs> after the Super Bowl or somewhere somewhere during this, I like how Bridget Moynihan uh, tweeted out hashtag Nick Foles is having an amazing game at Eagles at NFL, and of course Moynihan and Brady have a child together. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought it was pretty funny that she gave Nick Foles a little Twitter congratulations during the Super Bowl. So, That's wonderfully savage. I mean, and then kind of like I mean, it's random as hell, random as hell. Mother of his son. Yeah. And FYI, support due on the fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man, that's that's so good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Mark, I tell you what, man, you get go ahead and get out of here, Mark. Uh, we'll wrap up, uh, but go get some rest, man. It's good to hang out. Good to catch up. And um, yeah, it's all good, man. Good to your thing. We'll catch you a little bit later. It's good to it's good to catch up and chit chat and hang out. And we'll rally up. And sorry that you know Duke sucked the went full butt suck and lost to UNC. Boo, disappointed. But it's about March. It it's about March. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Anyway, go get some rest, brother. All right, fellas. All right, cool, Night. man. Night, Night bro. bro. Late. Late. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, man. Uh, you know, there's a lot of randomness, but this one kind of crapped me up. So there was this dude, uh, Twitter user Jake Manley, sent out a tweet, and this was June 14th of 2017. He said, <laughs> uh, this is this dude's tweet. He said, had a dream Tom Brady lost to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. L-M-A-O. <laughs> Deja vu. Yeah, I was just like, really? Damn, dude. That's a that's a rando that's a rando win right there, man. Getting that one right. That is rando. Pretty fantastic. But I guess we'll just bat a little cleanup real quick. You know, again, as far as the game, you know, there are a lot of big moments and and Losing Cooks was obviously big for the Patriots. Lord knows they could have used him. I don't know what was going through that dude's head to not get down. I mean, obviously he's looking for a play. And Malcolm Jenkins leveled him. I don't I don't believe that was a dirty hit per se, but man, woo, he, he rocked that guy. He rocked Cooks. That uh, that's see the Colts receivers always got flack over the years when when Marvin and Reggie would catch a ball and they would go down and people would be like, Why aren't you going for extra yards? That's why. 
There you go. Case in point. When, when you've got enough yards, you just go down, you live to play another day. Yeah, you got the first, and, yeah, either turn up field and go or get the hell down. And yeah, I mean, he just, was. Just get he was, down because yeah. Brady will get you where you need to go. Yeah. It just just get your yardage and and live to play another another down, man. Yeah. And that's that's all he needed to do. And uh, he, he paid a hefty price. I'd say. He did. I'd say. I mean, Hogan stepped up, and Amendola had a good game. Gronk obviously had <laughs> some very key moments, but uh, rest assured that having Cooks on field would have been a nice they, feather in their cap. Nice feather look, in their look, cap. Let, let's not mistake anything. I mean, Tom put 33 on the board. That's usually enough to win, but yeah. it, it definitely would have helped to have Cooks out there. Yeah, I mean – you know, Cooks was very bold, right? I mean, he he tried to crotch hurdle Rodney McLeod in that one play in the second quarter. Dude, uh, I mean, like <laughs> he gets power bombed and then he gets deboed. Like I, that's a tough that's a tough sequence of events for old Cooks, man. Yeah, man, you you can't <laughs> be doing that. You getting power bombed and deboed, yeah. and yeah, your um, night's done. It's still, yeah. Oh man. I appreciate the fact that in this game that not only did the Patriots run a, that little trickeration with Brady, Amadillo throwing the Brady, but that the Eagles go right back to that. But I just think it's so hilarious that we saw that two instances of it in one game. And I don't, you know, I mean, Brady wasn't going to run that thing in for a touchdown, but uh, obviously getting a first down there would have been pretty critical, would have been uh, yes. quite helpful on that. Because uh, right after that play, that was a third and five. Uh, and then the next one was fourth and five. And Brady threw a fade to Gronk on the sideline. But, yeah, the ball was a little bit underthrown. And, you know, watching that play over and over again a couple times, I feel pretty good if, if Tom had led him. Uh, that's at least a first down. And Gronk might even carry the dude defending them into the end zone with him. Who knows? Uh, but the throw was just a little off. And, Brady obviously statistically had a fantastic game, so this is not meant as a criticism of him, but it is a contrast. And there were a couple of throws that, you know, uh, he underthrew Amendola one time. I don't quite remember when that was, but if he had hit Amendola in stride, I mean, he might have broken all the way off for the touchdown on that particular play. And the Gronk play is indicative of that, just a smidge off. And in a game that ultimately was separated just, just by – just the tiniest amount and really you know because it was late that defensive play to get you know to get the ball away from the Patriots get it away from Tom uh and they kicked the field goal I don't think it was the points that were necessarily as important I mean obviously being up eight is huge because then they have to go down and get a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie it up but just you know to make that stop in that moment was was so critical so critical so unbelievably critical but it, it just, I mean, God bless, it felt, with a, with a couple minutes to go and the Patriots getting that ball, it sure as hell felt like that it set up for him to have Everyone a, on Twitter was yeah. like, I've seen this script before. I've seen this before, buddy. And everybody, in the, dude, that's why no one left the Super Bowl because, mm-hmm. like, even with the minute left after the Eagles kicked the field goal, everybody stayed there and they were like, you still got a minute no. left. Yeah, I mean, you had to. You, you, you had to. That is the greatness of Tom Brady right there. When people are still there knowing, ah, crap, he's still got a minute left. And, and 
all the butts are still in the seats. Mm-hmm. Everybody's still tuned in. Like, is he going to do it? Yeah. Like, that that's the greatness of Tom Brady right there. Like that, that that just shows you right there how great that dude is. Everybody's expecting it. The fact that it didn't happen, I think, is the surprise. Yeah, and, and you know, again, that's just that's a credit to the Eagles, man. I, and I really don't. If you're a fan of the Patriots, I get the saltiness on some level because it, you know it's your team and you know, they lost, and you know there's the frustration of that. Um, but if you're not a Patriots fan, you know, I just don't know how salty you should really be about that. You know, uh, I just, they did a nut, they did a lot, man. Yeah. Defensive criticism is fair for sure. The Malcolm Butler conversation is fair for sure. But I, I just, I just think you have to look at it and just, you just have to give the Eagles a tip of the cap, man. As good as Brady was, Foles didn't have the same stat line. But he was still highly productive, obviously, and he made he made some throws that were just incredible, and they made yeah. catches that were incredible. And again, you think about how close a lot of things were. Rowe was had his hand in there with with Jeffrey. You think about that first down, the Ertz, you know, in the third quarter, it's third and six from uh, their nineteen, and Foles hits. You know, uh, Aguilar for a first down. It's it's a missed tackle by a defender. The defender had his arms around him well before the first down line. Couldn't bring him down. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of big plays, a lot of chunk yardage, since I know that's a fun term to throw around. Um, <laughs> it's just Amendola. I mean, there were times the Patriots got the ball, and it was just Amendola, 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 and Gronk, 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 Gronk. And Hogan was in big plays. I mean, they, you know, both teams were able to do a lot of things. On offense, it just again from an entertain a sheer entertainment standpoint, I thought that was a fantastically compelling football game. It was Um, definitely Gronk. By the way, uh, had his twelfth career postseason touchdown. Any guesses as as to who has more than him? Mm, More, I guess. More would be Jerry Rice. Yep. So I know that Brady and Gronk tied Montana and Rice for well, yes, the tandem. So there's Most, the, there's the yes. tandem. That's true. So Brady and Gronk have 12. Montana Rice have 12. One I didn't anticipate being on that list was uh, Favre and Freeman. They have 10. Makes sense. It, it was just I just didn't expect to see that those names. There's four other duos tied at nine, but only Jerry Rice and uh, Stallworth. Have more than twelve. Have more than Gronk. So uh, it's a pretty, it, you know. I mean, it's just Gronk's had a good run, man. So there's n- no hate, <laughs> like no hate. But no. Uh, ah, man, it just at the end of the day, man, what what a what a compelling game. What a what a just it was competitive. It was compelling. I, I again, I know if you want a defensive beatdown, it, it fine. They weren't the, you know, this wasn't the. Tony Saragusa, Trent Dilfer, Ravens rolling out there. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> you know. But I would rather I, like no nothing against Trent Dilfer. Okay, everything against Trent Dilfer. Um, <laughs> I would much rather see. You know, those are two good defenses. The Philadelphia's Eagle. You know, the Eagles defense we've talked about plenty of times, and the Patriots defense flawed, but was significantly better you know, on the back end of the season. Again, the Butler thing's part of the conversation. Absolutely. 
but I think in this in this context, those were two teams that were prepared and and just out executed certain things. You know, I think they beat the defense. It wasn't that it was necessarily bad defense per se. <clears throat> I think the execution level was so high and their preparation was so high that both quarterbacks yeah, were off the charts. They they just they just did some fantastic things. And sometimes it's just no matter how you defend it, it's a it's a a perfect throw, a perfect catch, a perfect play. Yeah. And and sometimes that's just what it go how it goes. But the end of the day end of the day for the Eagles, man, guts, execution, aggressiveness. And, you know, you think back to the end of the season where Foles was, you think about, you know, Foles being just fired through the playoffs, man. Peterson and the Eagles coaching staff did a tremendous job, an incredible job of re- revamping the offense for Foles, bringing back elements from, you know, the Chip Kelly era, the the run-pass option, things that he did well, and setting him up for success. That I mean, that, that shows you flexibility. It, sh- it shows you the ability to shift and merge really two – different offenses and they did different things for Wentz. Wentz was better at different things than Foles. So that's a quality coaching move. It's quality. As we start wrapping up, I guess uh, a similar question for you guys as far as that we gave Mark and it's it's kind of big picture takeaways what it means for the Eagles and you know what your expectations are for whatever the hell the window is for New England. Randy, I, I, you probably got the short end of the stick on most of the night so uh, I'll, I'll open the floor up for you for a second. Uh, take the game where you want, but you know, kind of takeaways and thoughts for Philadelphia, and then more, probably more of a point of curiosity for what's next in New England. Well, for Philly, they obviously have laid the groundwork for something special. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the players buy into what Peterson's been selling them, and absolutely, you know, something like this, just seeing what the coach brings to the team, this is going to attract other type, other players and be a free agency. And so they might actually be able to, you know, fill in some of the, you know, the weaker links, you know, kind of weed them out and get in some uh, more seasoned players, maybe some bigger, bigger names. But overall, I mean, the biggest thing we said that they had to do mm-hmm. They had to play the way they played against Minnesota, and they did. They had that high energy. They kept it up the entire game. They never let off the gas. And ultimately, that's really what gave them the win. And it was they, it was executed perfectly. Biggest thing for me after the game was over, I'm going, I was like, shit, what's going to happen to Foles once <laughs> Wentz is back? Yeah. It's like, damn, this dude just comes out of nowhere he you know has a couple of rough games finally starts getting it together has an amazing game wins mvp wins the super essentially helps the team win the super bowl and he's basically going to be back as a backup at once once is 100 percent, unless he decides to sign elsewhere well he's got a year left on his contract so they'd have yeah, to trade he, him. he's under contract yeah he's, so, he's got and, a year left so i would think but, that you hedge your bets and you keep i would think Either you respect his wishes if he wants to go elsewhere. I think he's earned that. Uh, but I would think they hedge their bets and keep him this year. And I wouldn't fight him about money either. Oh no, 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 no. I don't. I, I don't know what he's getting. Five million, six million, seven million. But when, yeah, Wentz <laughs> and Foles combined are uh-huh. fourteen and a half million against the cap. 
bargain. Bargain. Yes. You keep Nick. You yep, keep you keep you keep him. You keep, you keep unless you go, you know what, Nick, do you want to go somewhere? Can we help facilitate that for you? My impression though was he has so much respect and love for Peterson that he doesn't want to and for for Philly. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. You know what I mean? And why I, would you? Yeah. Because I, I, Wentz may start next year on a pup list. He might. He might. He should. No, no. Let me rephrase that. He should start next year on the pup list because Probably. his injury is so late. Our, um, RG3, hello. Yeah. Hey, so man, no diamonds. Don't, don't be all in for week one. No diamonds, Just no pressure, all buddy. all in for getting your ass healthy. Or No pressure, or no diamonds. Healthy. Yeah. Whatever. RG3 couldn't get it right either. Don't, don't give me crap. <laughs> hey, whatever. Just get healthy. $5 foot long. Thanks, RG. Th- thanks, RG3. Uh, yeah, I definitely get it. I mean, this is kind of <laughs> like if you even look back, you know, when the Niners had Montana and Steve Young, you know, yeah. it was nice to have that backup who was competent enough, yet different enough that you could actually game plan different. You know, you could still have yeah. multiple different game plans and still. Yeah didn't matter who was quarterbacking as far as new england goes this is obviously this is probably a bitter pill for them to swallow just in general because you've after the game you lose your defensive coordinator to a head you know, to a head coaching position which you know that's kind of what happens with a lot of these coordinators nowadays right. problem is is who fills in you know and obviously their defense was was their achilles heel it's been their Achilles heel all season long. So the game, when the games they did lose, their defense was absolutely horrid. So you really have to sit down and think: what could a could a healthy team? What would what would they have done? You know, get everybody healthy. Everybody's playing at full strength. I mean, granted, you wouldn't have to worry about guys like probably like Chris Hogan getting as many snaps, right? But it's just the idea that, you know, usually you're like, man, this is New England. They've got everything figured out. They clearly didn't have have uh, Philly figured out in terms of just intensity. You can't you can't game plan for that. No, that was a hungry team, and maintaining that edge is is difficult. So we'll see how they handle it. But they have a good core. They have a good staff. Clearly, they've got a, a plus quarterback situation. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with uh, Brady next year, obviously. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's it's only a matter of time before he hits that wall. I mean, look what happened to Peyton when he finally hit the wall. Peyton had injuries, though. Peyton had, well, had, had an injury four history. four neck surgeries. Yeah. And his arm strength was gone. His mind wasn't. His body just betrayed him. And so this is it's all a question of when does Brady's – it's not going to be his mind, and it won't no. be. It won't be his passion for the game. It won't be his love for getting prepared for the game. It's going to be his body betraying him. Um, and you know, at that level of of being an athlete, and we can joke around about how slow he was running for that pass from Amendola. Uh, but at that level, man, NFL caliber athletes, dude. You know, if he has a, a five or ten percent drop off. Sometimes that's all that has to happen for you to start going down the tube. It's just you'd think with older players, particularly at his age, when it happens, you'd, you'd think that he would go off the cliff quickly. Maybe he defies that too. He might. But until he falls off the cliff, man, have fun with the ride. 
have fun with the ride, man. I mean, clearly it's time for them to draft yet another quarterback that they're going to they start will. grooming because at this point, I mean, dudes be 40. And, yeah, that's it's one of those things where you just can't, you no, can't they gotta play be forever. Ready. He's not George Blanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he can just kick extra points. In 26-yard field goals, right? Maybe you can do that. <laughs> Though I will say one thing we didn't really that, – that I think was very interesting was yeah. the amount of missed kicks in this game. Oh, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. I mean, New England left five points on the field. Yep. That's – for Goskowski, that's unheard of. But, I mean, it looked like – I mean, we had the botch snappy. I mean, the holder messing up. Two times, I mean, it's if he's real lucky, he'll have a job next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah, he'll be fine. Uh, I guess I could have used Vinatieri in that moment, huh? Huh, Shane? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just saying. No, but it's weird. But it, you know, again, I think that's just a reflection of what the Super Bowl was. The Patriots were very, very close, and they were good enough to win that team or win that game. I don't have any doubt about that, but. In a, in, a, in a game with small margins of separation, in a game where coaching, execution, turnovers, possession, all these things are super important. Think about the margin of separation. Think about the small things. Think about the plays that if they had gone one uh, just a slightly different direction, how different that game really could have been. You know, and and take it all, take, you know, walk away from it going... The Patriots played a hell of a game, but the Eagles, man, no fear. The Eagles coached up, executed at a high level, guts, heart, aggressiveness. And if you're going to beat the Patriots, you need all of that. And they showed up with that. And they deserve the credit. I know people can complain about certain calls. I know people can complain about the catch rule, how they interpret it. I get that. But in the moment, the Eagles did an incredible, incredible job. And they deserve, if you're a sports fan and you love, love the Super Bowl and love these moments, they earned, they certainly earned my respect. And I think they should have earned, you know, the collective your respect as well. Um, side note as we get out of here, I did want to play this other uh, soundbite from uh, Kelsey. And this is in the post game. Uh, I thought this was tremendous. Here you go. Jason Kelsey. Last two weeks after we won, I found myself in the shower crying, dreaming of this moment. <laughs> You've worked so hard your whole life to get here. Everything culminates. And I can't help but think back to a quote my grandfather gave me from Calvin Coolidge about persistence. I'm not going to say it because it's a little long and it'll drag home, but, you know, he gave me that quote when I was 18 years old, when I was not given a scholarship to play at any Division I university. My father and mother, my father and mother told me to stay after my dream. And I've officially accomplished the best thing in this sport with a group of guys who mean the world. The 
because really persistence is summed up my whole career summed up my whole life just keep going just keep keep going moving forward no matter what obstacle comes in your way just keep moving forward the resiliency of this team is incredible we've all talked about it but when you really sit back and think a lot of you guys picked us to finish dead last in the nfc east as the season went along nobody gave us any inclination that we were the best team in the nfl especially after injuries started happening which is understandable but the fact that we were able to overcome everything just keep moving forward I can't help but be a little bit emotional. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought that was just such a tremendous, tremendous post-game. Yeah, it's um, real. Presser from him. And, I mean, I know he was a riot, a lot of fun at the victory celebration and all that, but, you know, it, it's just the love of the game, the love of their team, the love, love for each other and what the season meant. And I don't know, maybe this was the, maybe this was their ride. You know, maybe they captured yeah. the magic for this year. Maybe they never have it again. Who knows? Football's a weird thing like that. But just tremendous. Also, you know, I, I want to give a tip of the cap to uh, the Eagles uh, organization for, uh, you know, having some fun with John Dorenboss. And if you don't remember who that is, he was the long snapper that was on America's Got Talent. And they traded him to the Saints. And when they traded him to the Saints, as part of the exam, his exam for all that stuff, they found you know, this issue with his heart and it's essentially the end of his career. But had they not, had they not traded him and had he not undergone that physical, he had an aortic aneurysm that require immediate open heart surgery. He was, he was the Eagles long snapper for a decade. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Think about that. But he was there at the Super Bowl. And they're going to give Doran Boss a ring. That's awesome. And I think that's fantastic. Doran Boss was actually on the Eagles bus during the Super Bowl parade. Hmm. But, I mean, what what a turn. That's a guy, that's who, awesome. that's a guy who loves loves that organization. And, you know, again, I mean, I, I'm sure, he, you know, in the, in the middle of the moment, he's, he probably was like, oh, man, getting traded. But that trade saved his life. Because that's a guy that could have died out on the field. Yeah, that would have been bad. He could have absolutely died out on the field. Great. And if you haven't seen him do the magic tricks, dude, look him up. America's Got Talent, John Doran Boss, man. Look him up. That dude's funny. He's interesting. And he's got some skills. He's got some skills. Fun stuff. Uh, But kudos to the Eagles for that. That's nice to see. Um, so a couple of just little rando rundowns uh, as we get out. It's getting late. We need to shut this down. The number of records in the Super Bowl is is just crazy. Most combined total yards, 1,151. Most passing yards in a postseason game, Tom Brady, 505. Most points scored by a losing team, 33. Most total passing yards in a Super Bowl, 874. Most Super Bowl appearances by a quarterback, 8, Tom Brady. Most career touchdown passes in Super Bowls, 18, Tom Brady. Most passing attempts in a Super Bowl without an interception, 48, Tom Brady. Playoff touchdowns for a quarterback-receiver duo, 12, 
Tom Brady and Gronk tying Montana and Rice. Mm-hmm. First player to throw and catch a touchdown in the same Super Bowl, Nick Foles. First quarterback to catch a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. Most postseason passing yards in history, 10,226, Tom Brady. Most completions of 20-plus yards in a single Super Bowl, Tom Brady. Longest field goal kicked by a rookie. Who cares about a kicker? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Longest field goal kicked by a rookie in a Super Bowl, 46 yards, Jake Elliott. Most Super Bowl appearances by a franchise, 10, the Patriots. And for Mark, most Super Bowl losses by a single franchise, 5, the Patriots. (laughs) But just what a game. Uh, game. This is the third Super Bowl loss for Belichick as the head coach of the Pats. He's one of six coaches with three or more Super Bowl losses. Shannon, you want to throw a, throw some names out? Uh, gosh, who was the uh, um, three or Marv more? Levy. Marv Levy, zero for four in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yep, and uh, whoever the Minnesota Vikings coach was, Bud in Grant, the 70s. lost four. Bud Grant, yeah. Don uh, Dan Reeves lost four. Oh yeah, that's right. Don Shula. Wow. Yeah, that's Don right. Shula lost four. And Tom Landry lost three. The only one not in the Hall of Fame other than Belichick, he'll be there when he retires. The only other coach not in the Hall of Fame is Dan Reeves. Huh. Belichick will be there. So I don't you know. Uh it's interesting watching the, the tables get turned and people, you know, say, Oh, they lost the Super Bowl, but you know, t- to be this good for as long as they have been. At least they got there. That They got there, and, uh, you know, their loss to the Giants both times and their loss to the Eagles this time, one one play goes a different way, and it's a, we're not talking All three about are different that. Games, yeah. yeah. We're not talking about that. So, um, just, just tremendous. I walk away from this season, the Super Bowl, uh, enjoying the conclusion, uh, the conclusion of it. I'm not an Eagles fan, but for the people that are, I'm happy for you, begrudgingly, but I'm happy for you. Uh, so it, it, enjoy it. Uh, that was a magic season, and that was a magical playoff run. Uh, brilliant moves, brilliant execution, and to to be the proverbial David versus Goliath and take down the Patriots and beat them, it took such an incredible team effort across the board and that has to be very 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 satisfying but i you know for the people that are bagging on hating on piling on new england there's plenty of things that are funny i'll laugh about it too i saw this one picture that said like heroes and it was nick Foles and and eli manning and it was like otherwise tom brady would have like eight super bowl rings (laughs) Um, and i kind of chuckled but for the people that are hating on them, you know, don't get so caught up in that that you miss the bigger point. And what they've done is tremendous. And when your team is that successful, people hate them. They earned that too. Yep. But they earned that because they're there and they're that damn good. I would expect them to be right in the mix. As long as Brady is there, they're going to be right in the mix. And we right in the mix. Although maybe I guess P- Pittsburgh needs to get over the hump. <laughs> so we'll see if they can. Uh, one last thing as we wrap up and get out of here. Um, Lady Doritos. What the hell, y'all? Uh, number one, I like my Doritos crunchy and I like my Doritos uh, not saucy because it's not the right word. I guess I like them powdery. I like some flavor powder, y'all. 
So I don't know what's going on with this whole Lady Doritos movement, but I did want to share this message with you. Uh, Rach Riot <laughs> had this to say. She said, well, I, I, for one, am so excited about Lady Doritos. I have some other suggestions. You're not puffy Cheetos. Ridged for her pleasure ruffles. <laughs> Sunships SPF 30 with retinol. <laughs> Paramenopausal Pringles. <laughs> wow. And probably my favorite, Consensual Lays. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the Olymp- fu- sounds like the Olympic Village, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Oh man. Lord. Anyway, all right, well let let's get the hell out of here and as far as the Philadelphia Eagles, man, you get the old hail to the king. Little avenge sevenfold treatment, man. Well earned, well deserved. Enjoy the celebration while well, we know that you have. My god, like we even have to say it. <laughs> stop tearing up Wawa's, dude. Come on, man. Stop stop stealing ostriches. Stop eating horse shit. Hey, Philly fans, just stop being assholes. Look, you know... Yeah, yeah that, that's not going to happen, Randy. No, Come on now. No, no, hey, that I won't. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Come on. Horse poop guy. Yeah, stop with the poop, man. Just just stop. Just do yourself a favor. Do all of us a favor. No. <laughs> it's like that it's like that anti-drug campaign that existed for most of our youth in schools. Just say no. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> just say no. Anyway, anyway. Oh man, Eagles fans climbing everything, partying on garbage trucks. And you, you guys were a riot. You guys were a riot, man. Throwing beers at Doug Peterson, he's catching them one-handed. I mean, God, what a deal, dude! That's a fun celebration, fun time, fun party. Enjoy it. You're gonna have uh, hangover part four for a month. I have no doubt. But I, I like that team's trajectory. I think that you know, I'm curious what they do with Foles, but. <laughs> in between Wentz, Foles, Peterson, that that team, that roster, as long as they manage it correctly, they're going to be a threat for. They have a nice window of opportunity. What they do with that's up to them. What they yeah. do with that's up to them. But they have a nice window of opportunity. But uh, kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles. I never in my life thought I'd be saying that. But I can still hate Donovan McNabb, and he still lost and blew chunks in the Super Bowl because that's right. <laughs> That asshole totally let it go. (laughs) This Eagles tattoo guy got 2018 right. There you go. There you go. So, well, I've said my piece. So, uh, Shannon, any kind of walk-off thoughts? I'm good, man. You've pretty much said it all. I'm ready to go to bed. That's all good. Randy, any walk-off thoughts? That is it for us today. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. Hell yeah.
Any walk-off thoughts, Randy? All I'll say is it's been a hell of a season. Um, it's <laughs> it's always sad to see it go. It's always too short. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, at least next month we get to look forward to some free some football stuff with free agency, and then in April the draft. So I mean, so we got some stuff to look forward to. It's just you know, it's just not going to get here fast enough. We so, do. but I guess it's on to uh, college basketball and the Olympics. Yeah, buddy. That's for sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to We'll do some Olympics coverage at some point. I don't know when. Next week, maybe. Just remember, I've got it on my DVR for two months. So two, maybe two months from now, we'll be talking about the Olympics. I don't know. That's all right. Ugh. And you know what? Just one more time for good measure. Josh McDaniels. <laughs> 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 Dude, I can't believe we cranked up the Spice Girls. And Why? by the way, this is the third time the trifecta, man. I know the hat trick, the hat trick. I actually, did the, I shouldn't admit this. I actually own this physical. I have this CD. I legit actually have this compact disc. That's no joke. That's no joke. I have it. I don't. I don't remember buying it. But I freaking have it. So I don't know. I don't know if I co-opted it from a girlfriend somewhere along the way. Or maybe I bought it at Plan 9. I don't know. They probably co-opted it. Yeah, let, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> that, that sounds good. If that makes you happy, it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do own it. I do own it. You know, that's okay. Todd, Todd. You need a copy of the Spice Girls, brother. I got you covered. <laughs> I got you covered, bud. <laughs> Tootie Spice. There you go. Tootie Spice. That should be a beer. Hell yeah. Tootie Spice right there, man. I like it. I like it. That sounds good, man. That sounds good. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Nick Foles, man. I didn't write a song for you. I'm sorry. But you know what? We'll still give you the uh, Flacco Rainbow treatment. Uh, you totally earned it. You totally deserve it. Just a hell of a, fa- uh, just an incredible playoff run. Uh, kudos to you, brother. Um, just enjoy it, man. Well done. From us to you, a tip of the cap, raising the glass for kicking some ass, man. I, I, unexpected. Unexpected. Jacoby booked. Well, that's the Flacco rainbow, but yeah, a Nick Foles rainbow. I'll work on. <laughs> I'll work on some lyrics for you. I'll try. Shannon and I will pound out a remix. <laughs> we'll pound out a remix. <laughs> remix, and then maybe next time we record, we can, you know. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will maybe. leave you with a. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. Hell yeah. But until then, until then, from all of us to all of you, enjoy the weekend. Have a little fun. Uh, enjoy the Olympics. And uh, hang on to your butts, man. College, <laughs> college basketball is cranking up, brother. Yes, sir. Cranking up. So, uh, all right, gentlemen, go get some rest. I'll catch you on the flip side. Uh, we'll be all, all be Captain Dragass tomorrow. Woo! 245, brothers. Nice Lighter late night. Today. 
Yeah, eh, that's okay. I don't need more than three and a half hours of sleep to be productive. Pfft, screw it. Coffee. It's in my blood. All right, y'all. Good night. Go get some rest, and we'll catch a little bit, uh, catch up a little bit later. But as always, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, our home our uh, home feed on Podbean, LiveSportsCaster.com, Google Play Store, keywords are sports and brew, and you can harass us on Twitter at VA Sports Brew. There it is. And remember... What was it? Bling Bling Mac? I don't know. Do find the game. Mark, that's your mission. You need to be hashtagging that. You need a hamburger bling on your finger, man. <laughs> I think that would be great. The Bling Mac. I so want these that to have the Bling Mac. That would be so fantastic. I would love that. Uh but good night, y'all. Catching the flip side. Thanks for a hell of a season. Uh yes. NFL. Thanks for a hell of a Super Bowl. Eagles and Patriots, man. Good job and a very, very good effort. Be on the lookout for D-Stat down in the post with the Cavaliers, man. Late. Late. See ya. (laughs)